October 3rd, 1918, Private Kelly ran through our own barrage 100 yards in advance of the front line and attacked an enemy machine gun nest, killing the gunner with a grenade, shooting another member with the crew of the crew with his pistol and returned through the barrage with eight prisoners. This was in Blancmont Ridge in France during World War One. He was 20 years old. Actually, he was probably younger than that. What date was that? It was October 3rd, 1918. So he was 19. Well, he was born in June. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So today is the Marine Corps birthday, and we wanted to honor Mr. John Joseph Kelly, Private U.S. Marine Corps, 78th Company, 6th Reg. Ended up getting two Medal of Honors, and uh, one being the Navy and one from the Army. What a badass. If you look at this picture of this kid, I want you guys to Google a picture of Private John Joseph Kelly. He looks like a child. Yeah. But an absolute badass. Right. So crazy on this marine corps birthday uh you know i posted i posted uh, a thing basically saying that you know marine corps birthdays are not about the organization it's about the men you know for the last 246 years men keeping the wolves at bay and the organizations are flawed that's why we don't supply <laughs> we don't celebrate them yeah because they come with policy they come with policy and yeah. politics and stuff like that but it's it's us it's the men and women that do the job that uh that really should be celebrated. So, so with that, happy birthday, Marines. Uh, thank you for all that you do. Semper and, Fi. Uh, yeah. And there we go. We are. Yeah. Episode 008. And on this episode of the Harbor, uh, the Harbor site podcast, we uh, brought back uh, Mr. Johnny Slicks. Hello. hello, hello. <laughs> just going to talk right to the camera. Oh, I thought I had my own intro. Did you? <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was my intro? Yeah. That was oh, your intro. That was badass. Can we yeah. do it again? <laughs> <laughs> this is Johnny Slicks, Marine Corps veteran and owner-operator yeah, 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 yeah. of the best good. grooming products. Whoa! The best grooming products in the nation. Johnny Slicks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And on this special day, we actually have our, uh, I guess he's not a lab ass anymore. Head lab ass. He's a head lab ass. A ass is assistant, so yeah, you're not a lab ass anymore. Yeah. Head, I don't know. Tom, Tom <laughs> Gordon, uh, everybody. So Tom actually has uh, been with us. Man, I, I had totally forgotten that you had been with us since almost like the beginning. You were the first person that we hired for Johnny Slicks. Yeah, definitely. Was, yeah. It was, yeah. It is a lot. It's crazy to think about just for me as well. Yeah. You were, because you said you, when you, what month did you get hired? September. 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 And we launched in March. Yeah. Yeah. You get, so you guys were still in that little room together. Sitting on, buckets. <laughs> sitting on buckets we did yeah i think tom sat on a bucket for a year <laughs> we couldn't afford the free uline gifts to get those stools we couldn't afford those yet we weren't making big enough we weren't purchases. making so big we, used, we used pails it looked buckets. like he was milking a cow and he's back there pouring beast wash he was just like squeezing Bro, it out yeah every time i walked through there he was just sitting on that bucket yeah 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 we upgraded you to a stool it was a big he's gonna day. he's gonna sue us for like like some sort of back pain later in life <laughs> No, we get, he's got opportunities to go to a gym. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, we pay for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's your own fault. I, I stretch once a day. Yeah. <laughs> stretch once a day. <laughs> he's fine. And Tom's also a Marine as well and uh, and actually served uh, at Marsock as well as a geospatial guy, right? Yep. Yeah. So all a bunch of washed up jarheads. Yeah. 
Yay for it, us. For just like shutting down the stereotype. <laughs> Broken veterans. That bullshit. Yeah. We're all actually doing something. You actually just sent me a, there's a new movie coming out about that, right? Uh, Jake Brokeback guy, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah. What was that called? You sent me the trailer. Ambulance. Like nine, yeah, ambulance. Yeah. yeah. Ambulance. And I had just, I had just seen this. And so John, just so you guys know, so Johnny and I always like, we have this thing going back and forth, like, Oh, another veteran movie where like oh. the veterans are the bad guys. Like they, and, they got backed into a corner financially. They don't know what they're doing. And dude, they used to do this with uh, Vietnam guys too. They would, uh, well, it was a great move. I really, really liked it. But can you look it up? It's uh, it's about Vietnam and it's about a recon team and they come back and they, I think they basically are, I don't know if it's bank robbery. I think it's bank robberies. Most likely, right? That's what we learned. Yeah, it had some in there. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny, when we were going through, when we were going through like shooting packages and stuff and different things, we're like, yeah, it's just we could totally rob a bank. Like we could totally build a plan to rob a bank. Yeah, uh, every every shooting package it always gets talked about. Do we did that in the armory? I was like, we know physical security. We we have all the weapons. <laughs> we have everything we need. So there was actually I don't know if you guys ever if you remember this, but uh, several several years ago, there was a story of a bunch of rangers that actually robbed a bank, and it was like flawless. Like That's they hard. executed it flawless but they were young rangers and they messed up and the one flaw that they mm. did you ready for it yeah like they got in they got the money they got out done they were gone yeah they borrowed his uncle's van oh <laughs> well i mean <laughs> they, didn't, the, they didn't teach him that do you know the um actors Oh man! Yeah, there's you know how many Vietnam bankrupt. I know. Well, <laughs> there was a uh, yes. There's gonna you're gonna know all of them. But one of the guys was the who was the guy in Sopranos, the young guy. Um, they ended up killing his girlfriend. Oh, uh, Spider and from Goodfellas, right? Yeah, I think that's him. Yeah, they shot his toe. I don't know his name though. Yeah, Mike maybe. I think he died in Vietnam though. They cut his penis off and put it in his mouth. Oh, I saw that movie. It's a great movie. Um, they that's, made us watch unique. it in class. My my what? my college professor was the DP. No way. Yes. So what we made us watch it. Fuck. You're what killing me. Everybody in the podcast is listening. To it. They're <laughs> screaming the the movie name right now. I think I, I had it on DVD for a while. But broken veterans. So broken veterans. Yeah. So while you're looking that up. So yeah, there's a new movie. Um, they're robbing banks and they come back and this guy's like, "I got you, bro. I've never let you down." And then of course they get caught and. It's this whole shit show. It's, it's an hour. It's an hour and a half of them running from the. Is cops. it Tigerland? No. Um, well, what was that one movie that um was just in? They went down to like Belize or something, and that guy's house was made out. Oh of yeah, with uh, it was on Netflix. Ben Affleck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Charlie Hunter. And they all died except for like one yeah. or two guys. Yeah, they all. Yeah, they were all like like SF guys. They're like that, we're gonna do this one for ourselves. I'm a miserable person now. Yeah, I'm a veteran. That's the biggest thing. Is like they always. They always Hollywood paints this picture like there's no other options. Like you guys yeah. are these special operations guys or somebody gets out of the military and they're like they have these like shit jobs yeah. and they can't be successful. And it's a very it, it paints a very bad picture to America. It's they're so they're drunks too. Along oh, yeah, they're all drunk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't even drink alcohol. So it's sparkling fuck. water yeah. and lemon. Yeah, I really like the sparkling ice cherry limeade, zero sugar. Nice. <laughs> Is it the long road home? Mm -mm. 
Maybe we should just, I mean, I literally incognito just, just mode, Googled but. that. Yeah, scenario. it's recon Marines. Recon Marines. Know, the penis cutting off, you Google that? <laughs> yes. Incognito mode. Oh, wow. Yeah, you definitely need to do that. You're going to get a whole lot of results. Yeah. <laughs> that are not related to this. Yeah, but broken veterans in, in like Hollywood scripts and everything is such a low-hanging fruit of a stereotype that it's like... Like you're not even trying, bro. Yeah. And then on top of that too, like people, there's less civilians than veterans, right? And a lot of people don't know the veteran mindset and that camaraderie and that life, right? So like they think it's this badass thing. Like these SF guys that go over there and they win wars, they come over here and the VA has them, so we don't got to do anything. But then they get they rob a bank, and that shit's wild. And bank uh, bank robbery is way way more feasible than taking a contract. Yeah, like don't even bother. Don't go to the bank. Don't go. Don't is it try dead to find presidents? A job. Dead presidents. Okay. Nice. Bingo. Nice. Yes, go watch Dead Presidents. It's a good movie. Yeah. But another one. They did, they did it very well though. It was made a good movie. But probably in Vietnam, it probably was a little bit. I mean, obviously. There's always people that come back and can do. So they shot anything. that in South Florida. Really? In the jungle in Florida. Oh, that's swamp. where. That's funny because uh, when I did my pickup shoots for uh, Trailblazers, when instead of going back to Bolivia, we went to Florida and shot the. Yep. So a little TV magic for that reality TV show. I shot I shot a, a bunch of it in Florida. Actually. They they make it look really yeah. like a lot like Vietnam though. I mean. Yeah. Florida's thick, man. That's Anyways, cool. yeah. Hollywood do better, man. Just so stop picking on stop picking on people that are doing something. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you picking on people, man? Why can't it be the other way? Why yeah. can't it be like the group of spe- like we have to we have to bring these special operations veterans in to uh to catch the bad guys. Yeah. Because the cops can't do it. Or like start I don't know. just save money on training. <laughs> right. That's what I've been saying forever. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like an easy a low hanging fruit. Yeah. So anyways, Johnny and I are talking, always talking shit about it. We're yeah, we'll like, literally, like, I'll send you a trailer for Call the Ambulance. Yeah. And we're like, nah, <laughs> nah. Broken veteran, backed into a corner, has yeah. no other options but to, like, do something illegal. Yeah. Nah. I'm Angry not. at the establishment. Yeah. yeah, like, I hate the system. The system <laughs> put me here. But So I do that. I, I do hate the system. But that doesn't mean that I have to go rob a bank. I can build a business and make No, I was actually there. talking to Tom about this. We were at Bud's truck. And I was like, there's two paths to rebellion. You can either fight the system and live in your basement and like refuse to be a part <laughs> or in of the, the woods. System. Yeah. Like <laughs> back, backwoods, Louisiana. I'm fighting the system in my mom's basement. <laughs> right. Yeah. You could do that and be a rebellious person, or you can learn the system and manipulate it to get on top. Yeah. There's, you only have those two routes really as extreme. Views. I was talking to, uh, I was talking, we were actually, Ali and I were talking about that with real estate today about how like there's a, there's a system in place mm-hmm. with like, loaning money and buying assets and then flipping them like it is yeah, for your algorithm it, it's for, for it. your benefit yeah. like you can be successful in a lot of things utilizing their system and their tax breaks and all their loans and all their bullshit yeah you know anyways i mean it's there it's yeah. in, we can read it learn the system and play it anyways tom you joined us when uh, we had one room two Two no, rooms. we worked. No, no, no. It was one, it was room. one room. It was one room. We worked out of the um, oh, the lab and the the drum room now. The bucket room. Yeah, <laughs> and then your office was still where we keep outside all the containers now. Well, now it is, but um, yeah. When we first hired him, we my office was in the room. Yeah, originally and then I moved out. There. Yeah, because yeah. when I first started, uh, it was like two the, weeks. The lab now it just looked like the 
the like the war room for Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did because we had that big table in there, and we had meetings in there, and yeah, leather and wood everywhere. Yeah, the war room. Was yeah, eighteen foot wooden Viking table. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That was good, man. It was a good setup, but it was not. But it was, we couldn't keep it. I had to make the the call. It like I had to like follow my own sword and like okay. I'm going to give up my podcast studio, my office, my everything, and let Johnny Slicks be as big as it can fucking hey, be. Hey, man, it worked out. It did. It's okay. It did. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> I got this room. I can, we got this new room. I'm like, oh, so by the way, our conference room, that's going to be the podcast studio also. Yeah. 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 And it works. It does. We we are. I think we already need more space. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Space is was like, we're never going to have enough of that asset. No, we got to build something. Or time. Just trap doors. Yo, build underground. Not here, bro. It'd be the in the water. That's <laughs> <laughs> Ali's always saying, like, where's the basement? I'm like, the what? You mean the lake? Oh, yeah, that we don't we, got basements. The lake that we sit on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Zero. Uh, Tom, where do you hail from? Uh, actually, South Florida. Really? Yeah. I grew Vietnam. Up in... <laughs> Vietnam. I grew up in Naples. No kidding. Yeah. How did I not know that? I didn't know that either. Darren, oh, yeah. oh, Darren Hutton's. Darren Hutton's down there. My, yeah. my Rob grew up there too. Hmm. Do you have a record? Uh, no, I don't. Really? Yeah. I'm like the only only other Florida boy I know that don't have the used to get caught. Well, very like I have a twin brother. <laughs> he has a lot of felonies. <laughs> Do you really have a twin? Yeah, we're fraternal, but we don't talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. He got in a lot of trouble. He got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. He took the hits. So he doesn't have face tattoos. His one tattoo. One tattoo. So you guys definitely went. Oh yeah. Yeah. I told Tom. I said when he got started getting face tats and head tats, I'm like, well, you now work for Johnny Slick forever. Yeah. That's it. You're done. Yeah. Welcome to the team, man. So I could get a couple more. And then you, uh, you can get whatever you want. <laughs> Just. And then, so when did you join the Marine Corps? Two thousand two. Two years after me. How old were you? Uh, 17. Oh, shit. How'd you pull that off? Um, actually, the way it worked out was I had a, a full-ride scholarship to Johnson & Wales Culinary School in North Miami. But at the time, uh, when I was graduating, my mother just passed. And I didn't <clears throat> I did not have a good relationship with my stepmom and my dad. So I just wanted to get the hell out of town. Yeah. And I, I didn't even pick the Marines. It was the only guy in the office. <laughs> Everybody was at lunch. Of course. Yeah. And uh, we had fire. He had to do fire watch. Everybody went to watch. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you're on duty. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> yep. They pulled straws and he ate it. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. But yeah, so I, that's when I got in. And it was a 02 to 2008. Okay. Did you pick your MOS or did they give it to you? That's a, that's interesting as well. Um, there's nothing that's about that's about you that's not interesting, Tom. <laughs> it's true. There's like no story that's like, well, you see what happened was. Yeah. It's like there's no straight line story with Tom. No. Uh, the recruiter lied, which is very common. <clears throat> so he told me I was going to be a... Got to make them numbers, Tom. You understand. <laughs> he told me I was going to be a dog handler. And I was like, dude, I like dogs. <laughs> Do you like dogs? I like dogs. I like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, once I was towards the end of boot camp when... Um, the DIs are like cooler with you and they'll yeah. talk to you. Uh, one of them was talking to me about how, where I was going and my progression. 
And I told him the dog handler thing. He just laughed at me. And then I thought I was not going to be a dog handler. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, you got to be 19. I was like, hmm. But you signed paperwork. Yeah. So uh, about a year and a half after I was in the fleet, I got sent to the career retention specialist. And he's like, hey, man, here's the situation. Your recruiter has a 78% fraudulent enlistment rate, and he's he's going to Leavenworth. What? Yeah. He's like, so you can Damn. get him. So legitimately, like everybody talks about recruiter lied to him. No, legitimately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, so you could uh, – you can just get out right now if you want. I was like, well, I appreciate it. But I got like tattoo appointments, man. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I got so, this Camaro with this uh, 25% interest rate that I need to pay for. I'm getting married next week. <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah. But yeah, so that's when I decided I'll just ride it out. And then for the second, second enlistment, that's when I decided to jump to Geo. What did you do your first time then? Uh, I was a MIMS clerk. What the hell is that? The easiest way to explain it is uh, if you take your car to like a body shop. Okay. It's the guy that processes the paperwork. We have that in the Marine Corps? Mm-hmm. We used to. We used to. I don't, I don't know if it's still there. I don't know. When I was, I mean, MIMS, I don't even know if MIMS is still a process that people use. But yeah, whenever you order parts. That had to be so fucking boring. It was boring, but it was fun because... I was in a, a heavy equipment shop and I was the only non-mechanic. So it was this gunny and me in an office and then everybody else was on the floor. And literally my job is he would have like a daily progress report and highlight stuff he wanted answers on. So he would just give them to me and I just walk around the bay and then I talked to all these section heads. I was like, yeah, what's, uh, what's going on here? I said, hey man, get the fuck out of here. He's like, yeah, no, that's cool. So I just go back to the office. He's like, Gordon, what do we got? I was like, essentially, we don't have anything. Yeah. Though they're, they're stressed out out there, Gunny. He's like, what they tell you? I was like, well, basically, they just said, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, so fuck me, huh? I was like, I didn't, I didn't say that. He's like, no, but if they say fuck you to you, they say fuck you to me. You're like, still didn't say that. I was like, um, I'm a messenger. Yeah, I was like, I'm not, I'm not sure. Should I go go back out? He's like, what, get another fuck you? I was like, I imagine that's what's going to happen. He's like, give me the goddamn paper. So he takes the paper. I was like, so what should I do? And he's like, uh, I sent you that Black Bush clip from Dave Chappelle. I was like, what's that? He's like, you watch that. I'll be back. <laughs> so, so I just watched Chappelle clips and uh, he would come back. And he's like, man, those guys are fucking assholes. I was like, I feel like I said that. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Just uh, let him know Gunny doesn't like when he say fuck you to Gunny. I was like, is that all I have to say? He's like, yeah, from here on out, that's all you have to say. Okay. I was like, and then what do I do? Because this literally takes half an hour. And he's like, this is your day. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, then you're just in here with me. And would like, honestly, I watch a lot of Comedy Central. So you can do that if you want. And then at three, like 1500, you got to go back out and get answers for everything to, to update the system. I was like, and then what? He's like, when we go home? That's it. That's your first four years in rank. Well, whenever you got to the fleet. Yeah. But, uh, I got, I got to do two Mews. So, so for those listening, if you're listening and thinking about doing the Marine Corps, 
maybe not to mems clerk and bring a magnifying glass when you sign paperwork <laughs> or a lawyer a lawyer that would be funny so this is jim he's my lawyer he's gonna be going over the contracts <laughs> anything you need to say to me somebody has had to have done that before oh hell yeah dude there, that, that like, has had to like if somebody's I, parents were lawyers yeah like you know the dad's coming down the mom's coming down to read reading this, the like, whole yeah. it, no i'm gonna need a few minutes sorry i'm gonna go over this contract yeah, i no, guarantee if anybody from north naples was going in they did it <laughs> dude there, I, didn't, I didn't read shit i didn't either I was like, because like, here's the thing though, that uh, like a Marine recruiter, like, okay, Marine is already high up. Yeah. Right. And then whereas kids, you're looking at a recruiter as like this adult that's been appointed a position by the U S government for a reason with a purpose. So you didn't read your contract. I mean, I read like, but like you, I bruised like the big print. I didn't yeah. read the fine print. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. Like Did you read yours? on this date. Um, I read when I left. After, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do anything. Like every word. No, I was just, I just read when I was leaving, which also, yeah, oh yeah, like which also got date. bumped up. So, so it didn't even matter that I read it. But yeah, the reason I didn't nitpick it was one, I was seventeen. Two, I was just like, we're we're on the same team, right? Yeah, like I said, trust. <laughs> right. That's what like our yeah. perception of these people are when you're a yeah. kid. You're like, I try, I can trust this. Right? This person people, would do no these wrong. people. Dirty recruiters. These recruiters. Yeah, you people. You people. Um, so then you lat moved to why you just picked Geo? Just or was there money involved? Oh, there was money involved. Um, so I, <laughs> yeah, what year was this? Two thousand six. I don't know. I, had a, I was in Iraq, so I was in sixth grade. Your daughter was born. Sorry. Yeah, I was going. Yeah, I was going to Iraq. Um, yeah, I had a I had a voluntary repossession that I needed to clear up. So, Geo had a a um, sign on bonus. How much? Seventeen grand. Oh, that's it. And I I think I saw like fifty bucks. Because you had a good deal with that. Yeah, that sucks. So literally, like seventeen grand over four years. Like, what is that? Yeah. But it was it was funny too because the only reason I even got in. There, there wasn't even a test. There's just nobody that wanted to do it. It was me and another guy. You have to have a decent GT score, right? Yeah. Well, I wanted EOD. Mm. So Everybody does. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Fuck that job. You get to have I cool mean, hair? I had cool hair. Have? I had and have. Um, but Your EOD. hair before Johnny Slicks was shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Continue. <laughs> Let's move on. I used to use dirt and water. That's what. That's how I stopped my hair. I mean, that's part. what you can call it. There's yeah. there's business names, but yeah, <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I had cool hair too. I had hair. You had hair in the Marine Corps. Yo, you had that picture. Do you saw that? He has a picture of him with hair. You don't. You wouldn't even recognize him, man. Where's this it, photo? Uh, hold on. I don't know if he has it. Dude, he showed me. I'm like, uh, mm-mm, Tom, I've seen Photoshop. My favorite picture of you is the butterfly picture. Mm. At that time, I was going to a tanning salon, too, because I was in the armory nonstop. And I was getting like, like a vampire from the melanin. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I was dude. getting really upset. Yeah. So I was like orange. I had a butterfly. I'm wearing like a flak. <laughs> I hate that picture, man. Why? Uh, I think it was the day. 
that day was just tor- terrible. I was like driving around the armories, like picking up one M16 from here, three from over there all day. Oh God, man. And then you have to track your everything with the Humvees, every single thing. If you turn down the wrong road, you have to report it. Yeah. For oh, mileage. Man. I'm glad I didn't have your guys' jobs. How much weight is on the Humvee? Oh man. I was, I was out for this, but it was the last time I had hair. So I was after? That was after you got out? Yeah. Wow, you look disgruntled. Uh, there's a situation with that photo. Were you being arrested? <laughs> I should have been. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, while you, I was in, I had a I had a oh, five inch slick bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what? Mine was like nine. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, I got in trouble a lot. Oh, did Did you get the ID card test? Yeah, once yeah, a of week. course. Yeah, yeah, once a week. Yeah. <laughs> Dang man. <laughs> They they'd always just try to get us to not have low 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 regs. Yeah, like you basically look like we were in the army. If you can put your cover on and see your hair, it was considered like a low tapered fade. Oh really? Yeah, that's why you buy a one size bigger. Mm. Oh, let's put it all under there. Nice, <laughs> bunch of shit bags. Smart, <laughs> all of us. It's all you guys looking to join. <laughs> <laughs> well, tattoos are back. Good job, Marine Corps. We're doing something. I don't know what it is, but we're doing it. I literally met a guy. I literally met a guy uh, at the airport. He was actually a comm guy with Marsoc uh, after I left, but uh, bumped into him when we when we landed in Florida. I was get he was getting his gun. I was getting my gun. Obviously, we're like, you know, hey bro, hey bro, how you, how you doing? <laughs> you know, hey brother, Spider Man meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. It was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like you can tell, right? You can tell like minded yeah. individuals. Anyways, and uh, so we're both picking up our guns, and he recognized me, and um, so we we got to talking to him, and uh, while we were waiting, and and uh, he got kicked out for tattoos, into uh, at ten, at the ten year mark, Damn. and he's like, yeah, Damn. and he's like, what? The? And and I said this when the tattoo thing happened. I actually did a podcast with Cody about the tattoos. Yeah, when it all happened, I said they're gonna it's gonna come back. So now with the juice mandate, you know, everybody getting, you know, forcing everybody to get the juice. They're like, yeah, I think tattoos aren't that bad. Let's let's open the tattoo. They're thing like, wait, up. we have a lot of people leaving. Yeah. How, Numbers uh, are dropping. Yeah. How can we figure this out? Yeah. Morale I, is I, dropping. I figured they're just going to wait for a few guys to get sleeves. And they're just like, you don't tattoos. Mind, you don't mind needles, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Dude, that's yeah. what it is, man. Yeah, you don't mind needles. <laughs> yeah. But it is, man. I think, I, I mean, I there's not a there's not a fiber in my body that doesn't believe that they are utilizing this as a tactic to like offset yeah what's happening i mean coincidental timing right? yeah right yeah and you even said it before the podcast you're like you, you think it's even more more than that you think it's like look over here the marine corps is allowing tattoos again yeah you know what and I mean? it's like oh tattoos oh we can get more people let's not talk yeah. about this whole thing that we're doing here yeah yeah as headline news you type in marine corps like headline news mandatory jab mandatory like all of this like people leaving effectiveness whatever and then they were like now you google it tattoo 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 policy what to do about the new tattoo policy so it's like pr what is the tattoo? Have you looked into it? It's just, uh, just sleeves. Uh, I saw a picture where it's basically like your whole body. You just can't have yeah, them on just, your face and your hands. Yeah, it was like um, the Navy, like that little graph they have yeah. for the Navy. I think it's like the same like thing. Like a rat, like a collar yeah. around yeah, your neck around and stuff. Neck. Yeah. Well, I just think it's an easy fix for now because just like they can allow it, if vaccinations and all that goes away or whatnot, then they're just going to boot them. Yeah. 
Oh, you think it'd be it'll come back at some point again? They just use it as a tool to like. They could. I mean, who knows? To like, well, until they fix purge now, until they fix numbers, and then like when numbers are good, they're like, mm, what if we get guys that don't look like trailer parks? Yeah, let's <laughs> bring that. Up. Yeah. So you're saying you look like a trailer park, or we do a nice one, a nice one. Yeah. So as of uh, October 29th, it yeah. is the policy according to the Marine Corps Bull- Bulletin 1020. <laughs> Tattoos that are prejudicial prejudicial to good order and discipline or that of the nature to bring discredit upon the naval service are prohibited so you can't have any yeah thing that's Gang against related. yeah or against the core yeah well they said that about tattoos generally they just don't want you to look they want they have this picture of what a marine looks like so my picture of what a marine looks like is very drastically different than what the marine corps thinks it is i think the marine corps picture of what a marine should, should look like is only to the Marine Corps. Civilians, every single other person in America pictures a Marine very differently than how the Marine Corps pictures Marines. I don't know. I think there's a lot of civilians that don't know Marines that I mean, picture they, like the whole watch, dress, yeah. yeah, the dress blue. Like if they watch presidents and yeah, uh, yeah like, like that kind of people. Boy Scout looking character. Yeah, but there's no way you think that. When I think of like a Marine, combat, it's like, like the dirtiest, nastiest yeah. creature that has ever like crawled out from under a bridge but has the highest accuracy yeah low morals yeah very comfortable with breaking rules yeah you know we'll we'll do anything to accomplish the objective the point you know yeah yeah their purpose yeah that's he's just a scoundrel a fighting dirty scoundrel scallion yeah Yeah. that's right exactly Yeah. yeah think think of like a sailor 200 years ago but mean yeah just shipwreck yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah no i agree i think a lot of people get it confused with the embassy watch your hide your sisters and your wives man that's the kind of i know that's why people hate marines overseas (laughs) (laughs) go into their land impregnate their women and leave yeah man for 246 years yeah yeah somebody's got to keep keep our uh, population growing yeah gotta keep the warfighter warfighter that's that's really how uh America's values are spreading. It's just by this <laughs> is by Marines by, by deploying like, by safety deploying. Yeah, <laughs> safety. Oh man. Well, tonight is going to be not with us, but tonight will be for a lot of young Marines. Very. Um, let's just say there'll be a lot of blotter incense tonight. Yeah. Oh man. I just I got, I'm staying home. Yep, <laughs> I'm not trying to get pulled over for nothing. <laughs> no, this this place will be lit up with cops. Tonight, yeah, I know. 100%. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stay home, Tom. Don't <laughs> don't get out in the old J Ville out there. Don't don't partake in any of that. Don't they have a birthday ball? Mm-hmm. Everywhere. So Everywhere. I heard. I don't know if this is accurate or not that they're not allowing alcohol at any of the balls anymore. That can't be true. There's no fucking. That's, that's what Charlotte told me. There's no. Nah. Way. Can you Google that, please? Yes. If that's the case, she then said no one going backwards. anymore. Because of that. No, no. that I can't. Uh-uh. I don't buy uh-uh. that. Do you buy that? No, what are they going to frisk them? Yeah. What are they going to do? Like, there was like, there's Marines with like little flasks, like straws. They will know, get dude, creative. Dude, a camelback underneath yes. your shoes? They will get creative. Yeah, man. There's not a chance in hell that's there's not no a way. thing. Like, I don't drink. I don't condone drinking. I think it's, you know, bad for my, you know, for most people's personal goals. But when you're in the Marine Corps, typically, these it's things a celebratory happen. Thing. It's a celebratory yeah. happen thing. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Well, it's also just that easy to justify. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we've got to ask somebody. This on Google says, "Can I drink at the Marine Corps ball?" Google says, "Yes." Military balls have a cash bar. 
but I'm telling you what she just told me. There's no way. I don't know, man. We'll Literally every, and I know it's different. Like, uh, you know, like Marine Corps history is like magnified the pros of the story, like Carlos Hathcock, right? Like a lot of those stories yeah. are like amplified. Um, I like, met, yeah, because, uh, man, I hate to break everybody's heart, but I met when I was a young, young Marine. I did some sort of, what was it called? Recruiter's assistance? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they had this like working party. I had to go do this Korean memorial thing. So I actually met some Korean vets, old dudes. All they did was talk shit about Chessie Puller. Dude, that's all I've heard about too. They're like, that guy was a straight dick. Yeah. <laughs> he was a post. They say he's a poster kid. Yeah. Like he was the billboard for the Marine I mean, Corps. I, I mean, I don't know. It's not I what the no Marine Corps either. says, but yeah. like all these young enlisted guys, they're not young anymore. They, they were. were. They were at one point. They were like. That dude was a straight dick. He didn't care about nobody. Yeah. But, but you got to also think like, were they doing that out of like honesty or was it like envy? Like, you know, you got to kind of Or was see he like size. making them do shit that they really was he didn't like, want yeah, to do? Yeah, right? Like, was he working for it? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. But like, we amplify it in the Marine Corps saying that like, Marines were founded in a bar. You know? Like, we drink. That's just what it is. So I, dude, that would be so, wild if they got rid of drinking. So here's an interesting thing. So I met with, uh, I, when I was deployed to Turkey in 2001 or two, um, hold on. um, he was, what was the deal? What do you have to do? He was a Mason. Okay. Or he, he was about to be a Mason. He was going through like, I don't know the whole deal, but like you have to go, you have to read this like huge book. You Are you talking to, about like a Freemason or like somebody who lays? No, like a, like the organization. Like a trade. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah. We're on very different pages. Which, which is strange to me because I think that it's super, I think I could be wrong and I'm not trying to be offensive to anyone, but I think it's like super segregated. Like I think there's like a black Freemason. Yeah. Yeah. And then like a white Freemason organization. Or I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. I so, feel like if you know, you, you if you're in, you're, if you're in, you know. <laughs> Anyways, so he tells me he like he's like, hey, listen, just so you know, the Marine Corps was actually funded, like founded through Freemasons. I believe it. And so I'm like, there's no way. There's no abs. There's absolutely no way. He's yeah. like, yeah, Tun Tavern. That was a Freemason lodge. It's like a moose lounge, elk lounge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he goes, and he's like, and he goes, yeah, look into it. And I started digging into it, and dude, there's a lot. You know, if you really have to dig in some history and the Marine Corps history, um, not the Marine Corps version, but of like course. other history books and yeah. other stories and stuff, there's a lot of like little symbols and little things that we've that we've adopted, especially the the early symbols of the Marine Corps. There's a lot of there's a lot of correlations, and I, there, there's a strong possibility that it was. I don't know what happens, you know, after that, if what involves, but I mean, I 100% not going into like the Johnny conspiracy. Let's do it. Oh, no. Push the button. Dun, dun, dun. And what button is that? Nice. Not going too deep into that, but what, why, why couldn't it be? Like, why couldn't that happen? Well, they like, say, in the Marine Corps version, didn't they say like, most of the country was, was, uh, cause isn't it like on our dollar bill and. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's like completely everywhere. And you can watch documentaries. I've seen documentaries, but you never know which ones are real and which yeah, ones right. like fal falsified. But like in the Marine Corps history, if we look up how it started, like it was just a bunch of Marines in there talking about how we need to start a group of elite warriors. And then it just started. Like, where did that funding come from? Who created this organization, the planning? The right. The Illuminati. 
Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> now we, we, just took, we just took a huge jump. We're going to get those emails from people like, do you want to join? Uh-huh. You know, the, I get those all the time, man. Yeah, we're going to get more now. I'm yeah. very uneducated on Freemasons. I just remember that Johnny Depp movie, From Hell, and I just thought it was a cult that did absent. I mean, a cult is putting it in a very, like, niche way. That's, like, very specific. I mean, it goes back, like thousands of years that's wild thousands if you watch like there's people i've i've watched documentaries where you can only so it really started it really started in the uk or or great britain or as great britain yeah yeah i would assume so yeah Maybe i mean it has from, to i mean but we're, we're not that old as a country so you're yeah. talking about that long like it has to be like euro american yeah. type of yeah yeah i mean i just have this vision that in two days, I'm going to be at Publix and I'm going to get like shoved into a van. <laughs> no, the hierarchy definitely came from like Catholicism, right? Like mm-hmm. that type of like yeah. head priest, yeah. like all that. So like it had to have come from that era or at least that type of. Who knows, man? Who knows what the real story is? I know, but look at the look at the hierarchy between that and then like the Marine Corps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are a ton of similarities. Yeah. Challenge coins. Like there's a lot. That's of why, that that's like why when you told similar. me that I'm like, nah, then I started looking into it. I'm like, Oh yeah. shit, there might be something here, man. Yeah. I'm like looking at symbols that are on the bill, like drawings and paint, like, you know, you can go down the rabbit hole, man. I think we should all take a trip to Philly. Isn't Tun Tavern no more? Didn't they like build over it? I so think. if the original, now there's something up there that is like, a, I think they have a sign. Yeah, I'm saying where it was. Yeah. yeah, okay. But I don't know if that's how legit that is. Mm. I'm pretty sure that place was bulldozed. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought I read it was. Damn. Yeah, they delete. You know, they delete. But they, there is a sign on a street evidence. that says this is where. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can get rid of. We're gonna we're gonna scrub There's all too this. many symbols. <laughs> it's too many too many arrows pointing to the right direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just in case I can get one, hold of one of these. One of these jarheads is still active. Find out if they're drinking at the Marine Corps ball. Yeah, I want to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. But every single ball is different, though. Like each unit holds different balls. Some some do like. I was thinking that was like unit specific. Yeah, it could be like like a grunt unit that has too many DUIs this year, oh, so shit. they're like, nope, no alcohol. You know what I mean? So maybe the colonel's daughter got in a car wreck. Yeah, some mm. something very specific. I mean, like he's that. an EOD tech. Yeah, he's yeah. I'm I'm talking I'm messaging somebody at Marsock and see if what's the scoop? Yeah, what, what hey, Marsock's doing? Drink? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was when I was deployed, it was a Marine Corps birthday, and we just had the CEO like snuck. He had like a flask, and we just snuck like a, a shot of whiskey, and everybody's like, "Bro, my balls." Mm, the yes. person that we had to worry about was the sergeant major. Why? He was a fucking drunk. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like he was being a party pooper. No. Oh, all right. All right. Bro, he like, was hammered and talking shit to everybody. Man, that sounds fun to me. And then- <laughs> you, know much, you know how much intel you can gain from that? Yeah, sure. But then what happens you have to fight the Sergeant Major? Hey, Sergeant Major, you remember this? Like, who are you going to win? Who's going to win? <laughs> remember so, this photo? So he literally, and for those of you know, it's Sergeant Major Tom and uh, spelled differently. And he uh oh willie t and he like this is a third recon at the end of the night he just like walks by the fake marine corps birthday cake not the real one the yeah. fake one you know that they just like present and do the whole thing it's just icing on like i think cardboard or something i think yeah. they like do a square cardboard and then like cover it with icing he like he's in his blues hammered drunk he just like walks by and from the very beginning to the very end scrapes an entire handful of icing what? runs his fingers through the cake of icing and just like, he's like cake, 
and just starts eating this <laughs> ice cream. And he's it's like all over his blues and everything. <laughs> but alcohol is okay. <laughs> why, why would you make do good, that? Make good choices. That's the, that's the dude that used to give us weekend safety briefs. Yeah, you remember him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bro, what? Oh, he was he was. He, he, I think everyone he started off was he like was he always like all right okay uh huh all right okay <laughs> listen gents life's hard it's incrementally harder if you're stupid yep and then he goes and then what? yeah he would uh, so crazy he would uh, I hated him and loved him all at the same time man he he chewed my ass so many times like I was a sergeant under him at a at third recon and then you know became he went to Marshawk came went to second. And then I was I was a staff and CEO in room there too. He just fucking just liked. I think he liked me, but then also hated me for some reason, or maybe hated himself. But then in in the in uh in Oki, he would like, "Where's our major going?" And it's like his wife would get mad at him and go back to the Philippines. And he's like, <laughs> and they would be like, "Well, our major had to go." Get his wife. What the fuck? <laughs> She'd run away, dude. She'd run back to the Philippines and he had to go get her. Bro, that's so wild. That's yeah. wild. He's he is like the he was the I don't know, man, like a, a sergeant major. He's a recon marine and everything. And he was he was just like one of those guys that you I don't know, like you hear stories about like in the fifties or something, different age. Damn. But he would get hammered, pissed drunk. And do some crazy things. So, what'd you guys do active, like for active guys, like on the birthday? Like, obviously, you celebrated at the ball, but like, what'd you do on the day? You go to work? I don't remember. We, I think you, it's like a half day, really. Yeah. Or if you have training, you kind of have to, unless you happen to be like deployed or gone. But if you're, if you're back, yeah, I think there's not much work that happens that day. I've never celebrated a Marine Corps birthday on the birthday. Like yeah, we, we usually, it, but it was or, yeah. Usually, logistically, it it, yeah. it doesn't really work. Ours was like balls. end of December. Yeah, some some balls like won't be until December. Yeah. yeah, and they just had one ball. We actually got invited to it while we were down in Florida, but obviously we couldn't go. Damn it. the MCD ball. We got hit up by uh, a bunch of guys that were going down there. So it just yeah, it all depends. But yeah, that day of it's usually like a logistical day, and everybody's getting ready, and then. Phew. Well, ours were always in Wilmington, so. They would, they would have shuttles. Damn, I had to drive to like Goldsboro and shit. Oh, are you guys ready for story time? Yeah. I'll tell you my first ball at Second Force. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> no shit there I was. So, I am, I don't even know. Yeah, I had gone through BRC. I'm a sergeant. I'm with uh, First Platoon. Um, Mitch Rollins was my team leader. And um, so, we go to this ball down in Wilmington. And I don't maybe the Marriott or something. I don't Probably know. Hilton. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it was very small. The majority of the unit was deployed to Iraq at the time, so it was a very small ball. Um, and you know, you're like you're brand fucking new to this unit, and uh, and so you're just like keeping your mouth shut. You know what I mean? Like you're brand, you're like the one of the new guys on the team. Like you're just like, hey man, I'm gonna cooperate. I'm not going to get any trouble. I'm not trying to make any waves. You know what I mean? So I did my thing. And then uh, me and uh, a couple other guys, you know, like we, we took off and uh, got in some, got in some of our own shenanigans after the fact. But before the, at the end of the ball, there was um, these two individuals. One I served on a team with the other guy, I think he got out, but they were both some Lance Coley's dude. 
and this is afterwards. I wasn't even there. They, the place was under construction. So they had these like huge curtains, like I'm talking like 30 foot curtains hanging from the ceiling, like blocking off like the construction area. So these two dipshits decided to pull them all down and start rolling in them. Like they just demolished these curtains, like pulled everything out of the ceiling and just like rolling in them. They were just... probably nice curtains too. Oh yeah, yeah. They were like the like burgundy, really nice yeah, like curtains. The, the velvety. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So it made it look still nice. You know how much those probably cost? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know anything about this. Like I have no idea who, what what's going on. So that's like Friday night. Monday morning, you show up. You know, we walk up to the team room. And uh, my team leader comes out, Mitch comes out and he's like, he's like, get a fucking water source and stand the fuck by like to me. And I'm like, oh, shit, what the hell did I do? And I'm like, I don't know what I did. I obviously did something. I have no idea why I'm in trouble, but I'm in fucking trouble. So he goes in. I don't know what happens. Knowing him, he's probably like taking a shit or something, getting ready to go on a run. So because uh, I don't know what's going on. He knows. And then we run from Courthouse Bay down to the LZ, like down the tank trail, Tom, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? And there's that big LZ where they have like barbed wire and all kinds of like tunnels and things yeah. like that down there. So he goes down there and he proceeds to thrash the piss out of me. What I feel like was for like well over an hour, like eight counts, monkey fuckers. I'm just like, and he's just yelling at me how I'm a disgrace and embarrassment to the public and like put a bad name on. And I'm like the whole time. I'm like, what is happening, dude? Like, what did I do? And at the end of it, he tells me what happens about the, about the curtains. And I'm like, staff, I wasn't even there. He's like, that wasn't me. And he goes, oh, somebody said it was you. I'm like, no, man, I was with Ben and Joe. We were doing other things that I won't say on the podcast. But you don't know about it, so you don't need to know about it. I'm pretty sure I told him. But there was, you know, women and pizza involved and whatnot, but nonetheless. Um, but we were not there. I was not, I had nothing to do with those curtains in particular. And uh, anyway, so he just... He goes, well, shit, man. He pats me on the back. He's like, all right, well, let's get to work. <laughs> ran back. That was it. Yeah, ran back. Yeah. That was it. That was the start of my Monday. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Now, I love that story because and nowadays people feel so offended. offended and threatened to like get punished for something that's like not theirs and they just won't stand for it. Like, oh, fuck this. I quit. Like I'm not thrashing because I like, they will put their heels in the ground and yep. be like, I'm not doing this because I didn't do it. And it's not right. It's not fair. Hey, fucker. Life's not fair. Yeah. But guess what? I took my licks and I'm fucking moved on. And you know what? It probably with him built rapport. Like, dude, that dude got thrashed for an hour in the sand. I mean, I was fucked up. Like I'm in the yeah. sand, you know, the sand out there yeah. and everything. Like I am sweaty it's like humid and sticky out there. The you know sand fleas and the horse flies are out there all over us. You know, I just took it. And yeah. then he goes, "Oh, okay, my bad. Well, I don't even think he said my bad. He said, okay, never mind then." <laughs> but like, you take your licks and you move on. You know, in a situation like that, because otherwise, what's the what's the alternative to to that? Yeah. 
like if you say if you just put your heels in the ground like now you're on a small team you got six people and you're the guy that's like won't just just deal with it yeah you chose a disconnect yeah you chose a disconnect yeah, instead yeah. of just going you know what this isn't my fault but i'm gonna i'm gonna enjoy this pain for an hour and then and then we'll yeah. figure it out yeah it's also funny it's like the difference in stories when you're in like a support role is <laughs> <laughs> i remember my last ball uh so i stuck out like a sore thumb because i just got it in GP'd. so i already pawned my blues and I, <laughs> I just showed up in my alphas so everybody was talking shit for me for that can you do that that's a you can do that yeah 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 that's allowed sort of you're allowed to but you're nobody's gonna be happy about your shit yeah. bag yeah yeah but at the, it was just for me i was just freshly demoted corporal but i still had like bigger stacks and all these staff ncos so they were mad about that but this i was like all right well i'm staying in wilmington so i'm just gonna get smashed like i have a room two blocks away i'm cool and so i was doing that and then there there's like obviously it's a couple like function like everybody's bringing their significant other so these i know a couple of these guys and like their wives are we're all just standing around talking and then this the suppo is this captain and he came up to me he's like hey man what's wrong with you and there's a lot of places i could go with that but i was like ah is this is this a blues thing yeah he's like nah man how you let that girl drink out of a beer bottle i was like Huh? He's like, she's drinking out that beer bottle. I was like, yeah, no, I see that. And like, I had one. Yeah. And I was like, everybody's got, everybody's drinking beer bottles. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? He's like, man, looks like she's sucking a dick. I was like, oh, your dick looks like a beer bottle. <laughs> He's like, what? I was like, wait, what are we doing? What's, <laughs> what's happening? He's like, Jesus. go tell, go tell her to get, put it in a glass. I was like, can you tell her husband to do that? <laughs> Why? I'm yeah. by myself, man. Wouldn't wouldn't it make more sense to have the guys drink out of glass then? Yeah. And we let the women drink out of bottles? <laughs> I don't know, but that makes sense to me. <laughs> right? Yeah. This guy was backwards. Oh, he, yeah. he was drunk. <laughs> he was drunk. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah. He's drinking out of a beer bottle. But yeah, and I was just like, oh, that, that's not your wife? I was like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure she's with that dude that has his arm around her. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh i don't roll like that <laughs> he's like, yeah I, I didn't know what you're into i was like forced conversations not one of them but thanks man why do you always find yourselves in these situations tom i i like to think that it's not me and i'm just like a weirdo magnet that means it's you <laughs> you're the common denominator man i am it's i don't know i think i think it's because i smile a lot and it's very welcoming yeah, you look real welcoming. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, you're definitely the guy that that I wouldn't know that I'm like that's the dude that I want to talk to. Tom in like ten years is just gonna be fed up with all everybody's bullshit of coming up to him. He's just gonna ignore them. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, gonna look like Clint Eastwood was a Suns fan art. Yeah, you're just like people are gonna walk up and you're gonna be like, Nah, I'm good. Like a, like a tired rug. Don't even try. Keep your mouth closed. Yeah, but then when so, someone talks to you, you just don't respond. You don't even pay him no mind. So John, do you have any good uh, ball stories? No, I only went to one ball and it in your whole career. Oh, the steak was 
bomb. Rebecca That's and your I, story? Yeah, Rebecca and I went to a ball, and the food was phenomenal. The people at the table, like, no one else liked it. Rebecca and I dug it, and we took their food. It was awesome. That's what happens when you have nothing. I had two Marines that were ha- holding the cake for the ceremony. They passed out because they locked their legs. Everything else, uh, it was like a two-hour drive to get there. Everything else was, I can't remember a thing. I didn't drink at all. Though. How old were you? 19. Oh, so you're just like your first one. Yeah, it was like first one. Because the other one, I was deployed. Other one, I was going through a transition, so I didn't have a unit. I was mm-hmm. like getting ready to go to another one, and then I got out. Damn. So, yeah, I only got to go to one ball. So when your wife doesn't cook, the ball food is really good. Yeah, no, I mean, the steak was, oh, man, that was good. <laughs> Rebecca literally said, man, if you ask her, if you ask her, she will be, that's the one thing, is this, this steak was really good. That's crazy. You guys wanted to one. So you didn't get you didn't get a chance to get crazy then? Mm-mm. No. I almost got arrested at the one you took me to. Oh, yeah. So so we you went. a better story than me. It was so bad. So we got invited to, was it Vegas. First, first Force? No, First Recons or First MSOBs or First Raider Battalion? First Raider Battalion. I don't remember because yeah. I don't know that stuff so good. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was First Raider Battalions in, uh, I don't know. We were in Vegas. For some reason, they did it in Vegas. You remember what year it was? 16? 16? 16. So we got invited to this ball. This was a nice ball. It was in Vegas. And then afterwards, all the dudes wanted to go to, you know, a bunch of my guys that I served with wanted to go to this rooftop bar. Um, I think they, like, rented the top out. No, not the whole thing, obviously, because you, you almost got hemmed up. So I'm talking, I'm just talking to the dudes and hanging out. I don't. I think at this point in six, I don't think I was drinking. I think I was already done, done, uh, stopped drinking by then. I wasn't. You were not. Um, that's a separate story. And uh, anyway, so what happened, babe? It was one of those like hardcore, cool Vegas clubs that's like got girl. You walk in and there's girls doing acrobats from the ceiling, right? So we get in and as we walk through the door, I'm like, oh, there's like some chick on the the long like silks doing aerial silk stuff, and she's coming down. It's a pool. There's a pool there from that's like right. a, and, yeah, an endless yeah, pools cool. and the, like so you walk in and there's like chicks hanging down like from the ceiling and it's like the rooftop you know yeah. so it's like what it was amazing i was like oh my god this is so cool you know and we go up to go hang out with everybody i start getting a little shitty i'm getting drunk and i like wander off which is something i kind of do sometimes when i'm drinking so i was wondering the reason why she doesn't drink anymore <laughs> so i wandered down to go like get closer because i wanted to see this whole thing and i just i'm not paying attention to where i'm going or what i'm doing and i just keep like tr- the music's like drawing me in to go check these people out not realizing that i'm like have crossed over to the vip area so i'm like hardcore just like wandering into people's private parties with they've got like bottle service and shit and there was like this huge bottle of something that was like super fucking expensive right and it's out on the table and i had no idea i was not looking at all right and there's swings so like there's like swings that come from the ceiling all the way down and people can like sit on them. And it's like mostly these chicks, these like hot chicks that are like, you know, in their little bikinis or whatever, doing like swing stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't paying attention and I walked up and I like kind of got on one and I like started to move and I knocked over like this, like oh, super shit. fucking expensive. Like they said something like $8,000 bottle of something. That's not, that's it a, was a whole table. That's like she fault. knocked, she knocked the whole, like the whole table. And I was like, <gasps> and I my, my mouth fell open and I just like as slowly as I could, it was just like, fuck. Cause I knew that they were going to like, 
what the fuck, you know? So I just started backing up slowly, like, and just dip out and don't turn around. And then as I start to turn around, this big fucking Samoan dude grabs my arm. And I was like, <gasps> and he was like, come here. And I was like, oh shit. So he takes me, this other big dude, and they throw me against the door and we're like, how are you going to fucking pay for that? And I was like, what um, fuck? I'm, and just, I, I'm just like hanging out with other he's dudes. He's upstairs. Like, and and I'm by, the, by the pool. I was like, shit. I literally pulled a, oh, look, what's that? And I just started running as fast as I could through the club, like as hard as I fast as I could. And like ducked behind stuff, took off up the stairs. And I was like, we got to go. We got to go right she now. She found me and she's like, we have to go. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> what the fuck? It's been three minutes. Yeah, right. And we <laughs> bailed. We like ran. We ran out of that place because she like knocked over some whole table of like $10,000 bottles or something. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. So, jeez, that's the my Marine Corps ball experience. Did you stop drinking after that? Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> Did you stop going on swings? <laughs> I didn't stop going on swings either. No. Thanks, babe. Yeah, it was yeah. a good time. <laughs> for for somebody, <laughs> yeah. for the people at the table, it was not. Oh God. What do you think that they probably just reaped? They, like, I'm the sure. Bar probably just gave them more. I I just was like shit, fuck. Man, that sucks. <laughs> I couldn't imagine that, man. Babe. Yeah. That's what I had to deal with back in the day. Somebody invite me to a ball so I can turn up and like get a cool story. I think you're way past that now. Oh shit. I don't even think you can drink that much. I I'm, I wouldn't drink. You don't gotta get you don't gotta drink to get turned. Yeah, but the thing is, what are you gonna do? Smoke pot? No, I mean I go in there and just fuck shit up, man. Just a cool story, you know? See, I think what's gonna happen is you're not gonna drink. So you're gonna be like, hey, mm -hmm. let's let's get high. And then you're gonna be like, the, and, the then <laughs> and then nothing, nothing. Like you don't get turned. Yeah, you're like, this is great, man. That cake is really good. Yeah, where's that cake at? All right. <laughs> don't you guys got steak here? Yeah, man, it's a real dude shag place here, man. Where are the women at? <laughs> See, and that's what that's what most people don't realize is like, especially with veterans, the ones that switch to uh, to the old THC or the Delta Eight lifestyle. Yeah, you're not. You're not robbing banks, bro. Uh, no. <laughs> you know no. This like, is their class. You're no. not doing bad things. And no, you're not blacking out. You're not yeah. robbing banks or doing anything bad, man. You're just ordering pizza and uh, yeah. Watching cartoons. Uh, cartoons. At and, thirty something, forty years old. And listening to music. Yeah. Actually you're like seeing music, all the colors, everything looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Tom, what's uh your favorite thing about working with Johnny Slicks? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, I really just, this is the only job I've ever had where I'm not my own boss, but I have more freedom than I've ever had at any previous. What freedom? You live at the lab. I'm like, I roll in before the sun comes up and you're like, they're like. But that's gym time. But Oh, okay. After that, I mean, I like I come in and I know what to do. So I. Because you did it. Right. You gave yourself instructions. Right. Yeah. You know what needs to get done. Right. And I can make my list early and then just check it off as I go through the day. But I, I, I'm working in kitchens. Like you're always babysat. Yeah. So to, to rewind, you were a, uh, you actually worked for Bud Taylor, right? I did. Old CBT. How was that? Bud is a great guy. You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was cool because I, you could be honest. He was a dick. Uh, he, he almost died. He ran a tight ship. Did he have a heart attack or did he almost have a heart attack? Did he have a stroke? 
Uh, he was very high strung. Something happened. I have to ask him. Yeah. Something happened at the like towards the end, which made him wanted to sell. Because I think, um, if I remember correctly, for some reason I think it was back related. Oh, okay. Like a back injury or surgery or something. But I've always leaned towards like the fine dining or higher end yeah. cuisine. And at the time, really, he was the only one around. He was the only one. It was a phenomenal restaurant, man. And Hannah uh, Hannah Hansberger worked there too. Oh, I don't know. That. Yeah, Josh's wife. Okay. Yeah, he worked. I'm in, sad I didn't get to see any of it. Oh, uh, was you. You were here when it was here. You could have. It's just it was very expensive. It was very fine. It was. I, I was selling plasma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, we're not eating. He's like, you my new you my new dish cleaner. No, nah, yeah. paid it. <laughs> um, that was it. Was a very high price. Very nice though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. Hannah was like, he was horrible. Josh actually wanted to beat him up at one point because he was so awful. <laughs> and then he saw him in the gym because, you know, he's one of our guys now. And uh, he's in the crew. And he was like, that motherfucker. He's like, I want to. That's it the in. guy. That's the guy. It's like, beat me into my wife. <laughs> Anyways. Hannah's yeah. like coming home crying every night. Yeah. <laughs> he's so mean to us. Yeah, you did. That. How long were, were you doing culinary? Uh, between before the military and after probably like 15 years yeah and you were actually looking for something culinary when you went to johnny slicks right and I, I was because i was we led you astray with the job it, it was yeah the, how did we word it lab oh, lab yeah chef, no I, kitchen I, assistant I, or something like I that fully blame liz but <laughs> uh, yes blame liz i love that liz, where are you Come <laughs> it was um oh it was uh, sous chef slash that's what it was. Yes, yeah, that's sous what chef. it was. Yeah, we yeah. said sous chef. Yeah. What do you call your present? What do you call this? Sous chef slash lab lab assistant. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, well, I've been a sous chef. I think I got it. What we were trying to figure out. So the at that point in time, we we're trying to figure out. Okay, how do we? How do we like? Because I'm not. We're not hiring a chemist. Yeah, to mix ingredients. It's a kitchen. It, it's a kind of a kitchen. So you're kind of cooking grooming products yeah you're not it's not a manufacturing thing yeah because we're not know? like blacksmiths right yeah so it was like this weird and and it, for as confusing as it seemed it was definitely spot on because it i would say it's more close to cooking and kitchen than anything because yeah a formula is a recipe. Dude, we go yeah. on Webstrant. <laughs> yeah, all of our stuff is from Webstrant, right? <laughs> Restaurant stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's how I found it. And um, I interviewed with Liz. She's like, yeah, so do you know what you're, what you're doing? I was like, no. What What is this for? <laughs> what do you got, What is this you say you do here? <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally walked in and it was still like Raider Project stuff. I was like, yeah, we were in the back area. You guys just sell silkies? Like, what's happening? Oh, yeah. when you walked into the back. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and we had to pull up the chairs from like those little wooden chairs that we used at the meeting table. Mm -hmm. That's what we interviewed on. Oh, wow. Like, we just flipped around and sat down in the back room. That flipped was where all the product was. Uh, at the time, it wasn't. It was still like that uh, lounge area. There was still oh, okay. Like, it was still like okay. a, yeah. I was definitely uneasy, like talking to Liz. But then Johnny walked in with the feather earring I was in a tie-dye shirt. And I was like, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a workout. <laughs> this is good. This is good. <laughs> you were going to wear a shirt, something about uh, aliens? Yeah, I was. I think I wore a polo, but I was, <laughs> was going to wear this T-shirt. And it was like two aliens and a tie-dye VW bug that said... Um, I think it was like, 
I went to Area 51 and all I got was this fucking shirt. It was something stupid like that and he chose not to wear it. And you were weren't you going to another job? You were about to leave. Yeah, uh I was <laughs> I was going to go to like some snack food packing place in Holly Ridge or something. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone but, almost everyone we talked to on the team, like they had another position lined up that they were going to do and then they came to here, did an interview and called that off. And called it off. Yeah, Hector did that. A lot of people done that. Yeah. Yeah. So what sold you? Once um, the money was it my tie? It was my tie dye. It was a tie dye shirt. Well, honestly, it was. I just really fell in love with like coming in and making stuff with my hands again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not food or plates or whatnot. Yeah, you can't. We Johnny said, do not eat it. Yeah. Like we we were trying to tell people. Yeah. Like, it smells good. Do it, not eat it. This is the first it. thing I tell all the assistants. Yeah. No, it's smart. Yeah. Don't don't eat the, don't eat the palm. Sign this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, I just think it's rewarding to like, it's easy to at working in the lab at the end of the day, you see everything you did that day. Yeah. And that's just rewarding to me because you can quantify your day. And yeah. Yeah. You guys definitely can. Sometimes I can't. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Cause you, work, co- you come emails. in in the morning, you make your list and then you take, you literally look at raw materials or like raw oils, raw waxes. And at the end of the day, you have a finalized jar with labels. Right. That's ready to ship that have already been sold. Yep. Cause people can't get enough of it. So like it is, it is really cool. So yeah, and, I can see that. yeah, that's definitely my favorite part of the job. Cool. That's making crafting cool. America. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about the, the growth? from that little room to the shit show that we have to deal with today. And did you think it was going to happen like that fast and that? I didn't think it was going to happen that fast. Um, but it is, I find it mind blowing. Um, because I'll, I'll think about what I'm doing the next day at home. Yeah. Just, uh, for me and everything I tell all the lab personnel is just make sure you have a plan. Um, because if you don't set your plan up the day before, then you're going to be behind. And I dude, that's life. And one of my pet peeves is that's not, life. not hitting the objective. Like I'll come in and I'll make a, a list. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't get completed, I am not fulfilled. So are you, yeah. so speaking of that, are you stressed? I got two things. So are you stressed about the numbers that you guys are cooking right now? Um, I don't, I don't know if I'm. I'm stressed, but I definitely have to take a step back and then um, fine tune the way I attack it. And I haven't had to assign people things before because for the longest time, it was just the two of us making everything and then essentially me doing a lot of things. So I'm, I'm learning. And honestly, it's weird because everybody thinks like military, you always have leadership and it's just like some innate trait, but it's not. So I'm definitely learning how to lead and that's perfect. That's my next question is like, have you, cause you've, you really started as like a lone wolf. Like I work alone I put my headphones in, I do my thing and then I go home. Yeah. But now you have a team, like you have to lead people and you have to deal with people right. who are in, yeah. inherently flawed. Oh, for sure. And, and then it's just, you know, balancing schedules, uh, obligations, um, what, how to, get the most productivity out of each person like what what system works for them yeah to to get what you want out of it and like i said at the end of the day i just want to cross off the whole list so 
whatever whatever you need me to do to to get you to do that what have you found is there a specific tactic or specific method that you've found to like to get them to produce more like in a more positive way other than it's like a whip (laughs) like you will do five hundred thousand beard oils by the end of the day yeah uh so this sounds horrible but uh positive reinforcement and i'm really bad at that um i mean i'm better now but i get the i get the most beneficial results just i've found some pretty efficient ways to do every single task so i will present that but if you have a better way a faster way then by all means you do that and you just give me the number i need so however you you need to get to the end that's fine but i can start you out in the right direction mm-hmm. what has worked for me it may not work for you but at least you you have a starting point yeah and then it's just working with with each individual because everybody has a different a different style uh or just different way of going about everything and that's been working i think so absolutely you're going to be a good husband, Tom. It's been getting better. <laughs> um, so you feel like it's been getting better over like the months and years that you've been doing it. Definitely. Um, well, I, up until probably this year, I really didn't even have assistance. Yeah. So the last year has definitely just forced you to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it's awesome because also going along with that this last year i i don't go out and drink and all like the stupid yeah. shit i was doing so i'm like focused on my goals things i'm trying to do personal growth which just further benefits the lab and everybody tied to it yeah so that this last year definitely dope you're growing up <laughs> becoming a grown-up it only took 37 years <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, you know, there's a lot, listen, there's a lot of growth that I've had in my thirties as well. Hey man, there's people who don't, don't, don't realize that until it's too late. Yeah. I feel so, like, yeah. I feel like I really haven't turned, you know, like obviously I've done, I've been a man and had been a father for you know, almost 20, 20 years now, but man, looking at it as like a, like the, the whole picture, it's like, nah, man, I didn't really, I didn't really do that. I didn't really make something of myself as a person or as a man until my thirties, you know, even maybe late thirties. You know, until then it was just, you know, whatever. Well, I also think that there's just all these, um, like weird deadlines or timelines tied to age for like, oh yeah, society, society society puts it there. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Instead of it just kind of this linear, um, journey. Yeah. But the more you put into it, the more you invest in yourself, the more you're going to get out of it. Like you said, like the more that you've worked on yourself and the more that you've grown, the more it's benefited like all areas of your life. So we try to tell people all the time. Yeah, because like, you are the root of everything that's going yeah. on in your life. So if you water yourself and get to know yourself, everything will prosper around you. As well. I try to tell I try to tell people that too, that, that surround themselves with whatever. If you surround yourself with like negative depressed people, guess what you're going to be? Yeah, of course. You're going to be the, the sixth. If it's five people, you're going to be the sixth negative and depressed. Vice versa. If you, if you surround yourself with a bunch of happy people, you're going to be the sixth happy person. Yeah. If you surround yourself with, if you know, if there's if five of your friends are millionaires, guess what you're going to be? The sixth millionaire. 
you know, Johnny and I have had this conversation like literally a dozen times, but I don't, I don't have a social life in Jacksonville. I live there because it's. Economic. Does anybody <laughs> actual social relationships? Well, that's the uh, the common theme of all the conversations is like there are no friendships. It's just trauma bonds, where more often than not it's alcohol. So everybody has, has similar issues and the same coping mechanism. Right. So that brings them together. But then when like real trials or true relations happen, then they have nobody. And they're like, what the fuck? Where's my friends? It's like, you don't have friends, bitch. You got trauma bonds. Yeah. Yeah. You have drinking buddies when things are cool. Yeah. Yeah. When shit gets real, it's like, nah, I can't, I don't have the emotional intelligence to handle this. Yeah. Also, they're just going to drink themselves into a stupor. Why are they going to pick up your problems? Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's a shame. That's how, that's how society labels it. Like it's super weird to me that the human brain fully develops 25, 26 years old, depending on female and women and men being men. Um, but you can drink alcohol at 21, which stunts the growth of your brain. But it's like social norm. If you oh. turn 21, you celebrate with a drink and then you continue to drink. Like, Well, it's funny too because it doesn't happen overseas. That bleeds everywhere. Not not, not like, because here we're expected you graduate you graduate high school. What do you do? You like go, my, my you go cousins, to grown up high school. My cousins, that never was a thing in my cousins in Greece. Yeah. Like it's this society is just like, it's a revolving system. And yeah. the only way to do that is to stunt brain growth. And you can do it early right before it reaches its peak. It's like, uh, what do they say for seven? Before the age of seven, you're like most manipulative as a mm-hmm. kid. Like everything that happens to you builds your character. Yeah. So it's like you supposed to be at home with your parents and everything. And then at seven, you know, six, seven, you go to school and that's where you start learning. So it's like, you're supposed to build up your, your culture at home and then go to school or somewhere outside the house to learn education, but you're, you're molded at home. Um, yeah, it's super weird to me that those social norms lead up and then they bleed into relationships. And then when relationships break, like when you have like something that actually happens in real life, everyone that drinks with you, just deuces like i got my own shit going on man. So then, i can't handle so yours. big picture if you look at like the macro what is what's a better solution no drinking age no i don't think i think we should stop worshiping alcohol for sure but i mean how do we do that well i think remove going, the drinking age make no it, i don't think um making it like it's like anything right that like you said you you take the illegalness out of it and then what is it yeah it's not fun anymore but at the same time too there's, I, not, a, I, there's not a, a there's not a a token there's not a a rite of passage just now it's not even a special thing it's just a thing yeah but Nobody we, we do shit. in this society we do idolize alcohol like way over everything else like you go turn on your tv you know yeah like we idolize it well going back to how it's so different internationally i don't think there's any theme as as american as excess and of it course. doesn't even matter what gluttonous yeah 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 so I think I think that's the issue. Yeah, too much of any well anything, of course, too. But well, like because the the American approach to everything is if one's good, two's better. Yeah. So and I need more than my neighbor. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm bigger and stronger. It's like you're not yeah. going to be tomorrow. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know if there's a if there's like a one specific thing that can defeat that idolization of alcohol. If it's a law, a policy, or if it's just like self awareness and more science and research based on brain development. I think, it's, I think it's start at the end of the day, it, you know, one laws do make things like, look at, look at marijuana, look at the, the 
the perception of marijuana in the past compared yeah. to the last 10 years and what's been taking place with legalizing it. Like nobody yeah. cares anymore. You know what I mean? Some, you know, handful of people do. Yeah. You know, people that follow 1980s policy. Right. They're like, we're smoking the devil's lettuce. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to you know, black out and kill someone. You're gonna buy- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, that, that was in King of the Hill. <laughs> was it? In, yeah. <laughs> None of those things are happening. <laughs> no, it's, ob- it's quite the opposite. It's quite actually. the opposite. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm a big component. I'll, I'll publicly say I'm a huge component of it, especially in veterans, you know, because you literally can take, geez, 10 bottles of pills and scrape them in the garbage. And yeah. I say that all the time. That THC. The pills make you feel numb, but you only take pills because you feel sad. Yeah. Going from sad to happiness, numbing your sadness doesn't just make you happy. Yeah. It numbs your sadness and now you are numb. So now you cannot feel happy or sad. You're just yeah. numb. And the absence of sadness makes you perceive it to be happy, but you're not. Right. You're just going through life numb. And of course, those pills numb your brain. So your brain can't develop and grow. So a couple a couple things. So I think that one, as a society, us putting laws and limits on things are as only, is really only making it more of a thing. Right. We're making it like more worship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, if you remove those, it becomes more like marijuana. It just becomes a thing that you do. No yeah. big deal. It, no, it, it shows its, it spotlights its purpose, yeah. not its idolization right. of what it does. And then you got to go back to, and this is what it always comes down to. And instead of blaming the government, blaming all these other things, it comes back to the home. Yeah. How is it being utilized? How is it being taught in the home as a child? Yeah. You know, if it's, if it's showing it that's taboo or bad or anything, or like the negatives aspects of it, well, that's what it's going to be looked at. Yeah. You know, but if like you look at multiple places that are, you know, uh, outside of America that, you know, they give their kid, their teenagers wine at dinner, they want it, you know, it's just a little bit of wine or whatever. And guess what? They don't go out at, at 18 and, and doing keg stands. And yeah. they're like, they look at that and go, there's that's stupid. Yeah. Why would I do that? Why would I treat myself that way? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's twofold. One, you know, allowing the government to, you know, regulate things and say things are bad. You know, and the only reason why, if you look at prohibition, why was prohibition a thing? Money. Money. Yeah, it came it down to money. Finances. Same thing. That at, the, at the end of the day, it's the same thing in marijuana or drugs and any yeah. drug. It's, it was a money thing. Yeah. How can we make money? If we're not making money off this, then no, it's illegal. And yeah. we're going to stop it until we can figure it out. Yeah. You know, so there's that. So it's really not about our health. Hence the last year and a half. Yeah. Or two years. It has nothing to do with health. It's about control and, and, and money. Yeah. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, take all that away. It goes back to the home and how your parents showing, you know, responsibility with alcohol. How are they showing responsibility with the world and growth and personal growth with yourself? Yeah. And for the most part, they're not. Yeah. Well, I also think the problem with the home is, um, so I didn't have absent parents, but my mom had custody and she was working three jobs. So yeah, same with mine. And there was so there wasn't any like guidance for me. And I yeah. worked in restaurants. So I could same. I could get it if I wanted. Yeah, Florida life. And then as as long as they like impose these laws and make you think it's taboo, then you're like fifteen, you're like I'm doing something. This is fucking dope. Yeah. Yeah. And then we when you get so comfortable with it, then it's like you you need like something to break it. Yeah, but where was your da- where was your dad? Um, he was around. 
but we we saw him like every other weekend right so th- this goes back to the problem like mom my, my same situation my mom worked multiple jobs to you know care for my brother and i so not that she was a bad mom by any means she was you know she did the best that she could but she had to support us right right and so me and my brother were left to our own devices to get into whatever we were getting into yeah. right um well you needed a teacher right but yeah. that whole my whole point is is like if father it goes back to kind of like the last pocket if fathers are in the homes you know and and working but then also having a balance between you know, a, a mother and a father and then teaching mm-hmm. and leading you and you know these things on these things we don't see the same life bumps if you will the life you know life stumbles if yeah. you will with those individuals that that have that like you know we had to kind of figure it out on ourselves our own and it took us longer to figure it out on ourselves and become the people that we wanted to become because we didn't have those lessons yeah you know we then didn't it goes know. the opposite too i mean there's always that pendulum balance but you guys talking about um not having enough teaching you can also have too much where you're sheltered and you almost end up the so that's way. not that's not that's not teaching though that's sheltering no 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 but it could be perceived as teaching like yeah. a like a parent who's sheltering i know is, i know i know you're going with this you know, I know going, but it about. is very yeah. common sure the but the thing is but i, I think is that that's almost fear-mongering of the world yeah well i wasn't talking about their why i'm talking yeah. about just from the child's perspective yeah you're being taught right or you're not being taught. But see, the, I think the, the goal, I don't think, I know the goal of the parent, the goal of you, the, yeah. the parent is to prepare the child for the world. Yeah. Not protect it from Protecting the world. Protecting is a very different thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Preparing them, like at the end of the day, that kid is leaving you at some point. Either right. you're going to die. If you try to keep him in forever, eventually you're going to die. The kid's going to be on its own. Yeah. You know, or yeah, the yeah. kid's going to turn of age and then he's going to, they're going to leave. He or she's going to leave. Your job is to prepare them. Yeah, but that can so easily be. I mean, I'm not a parent, obviously, but yeah. I, I could see that being perverted into a protection thing. Absolutely. Where, yeah, I'm teaching them, but, but you're but you're not. not. You're, you're protecting. You're them. protecting them from the world, which means you're leaving them vulnerable to make yeah. a ton of like really to be get to get hurt. Well, yeah. and they don't when you when you get into that that level where you're a parent that's like either a helicopter parent or you're over like overbearing whatever. Yeah, you kind of you kind of had that. Well. <laughs> Be careful. My mother listens to this podcast. No, she doesn't. Yes, she Denise, does. Denise, you're not listening to this. When you especially have... this episode. Love you. <laughs> Love when when you have that happen, a lot of times I think you sort of um you shelter them in the sense that you keep them from learning from their own mistakes because you keep them from making those mistakes. Yeah. So it's like instead of letting them kind of make some choices and say, Okay, well, well, what did you learn from that? Yeah. You know, it's like there's no there's no like there's a there's a such a such a um shelter that you're not when you get into the world you just go fucking buck wild and then all the, everything starts happening like all the consequences like yeah. every reactions but you've never had experienced any of that you know what i but mean but see i think that you think that you can you can still prepare a person yeah. without being overprotective without being over whatever you know yeah. and over fear mongering you can explain i, I had my mom calling me when i was in college to check and see if I was home. 
like I was in college and I'd be out late and she'd yeah. be like, what do you mean you're going out? And I'm like, okay, bye. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not, I don't live with you. you I live in another state. Like, Call me when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an adult. Yeah. I'm not part of your system. What's a, what's the same? Pain retains. <laughs> yeah. And pain's a good teacher. Yeah. It doesn't mean that like, just because your child is going through pain doesn't mean it's like the world is ending. No. Right? Like, cause I've, I've acquired a good amount of scars in my stupid days. So, but those stupid days. When did those stupid days stop, Johnny? Shut up, man. Because I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm not getting hurt. You've no gotten more. a lot of scars with me. That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Super glue is my best friend. But like each one of those scars is a lesson and an experience. Right. And as long as you walk away from it being like, okay, well, maybe I won't go that fast on that skateboard. You know, <laughs> like I like it. you learn something. But I, yeah. I guess like kids wear your helmets and your pads, please. Yeah, you look like a fucking nerd. But trust me, like. <laughs> You can only hit this thing so many times, yeah. man. Like, wear the helmet. I'm telling you. Oh, God. It's true, though, especially in yeah. the 90s, right? Like, oh, yeah. we, I was talking to, you know, Ryan Nyquist and, like, the way he, and he was a big, he's like, man, please, please wear your helmet. Bro, stuff. tell me about it. But, like, like, we were doing, like, tricks and shit. BMX with, bikers no. is different, though. Like, you're, like, they're 25 feet up in the air. But even still, like, we, I, I never went that high, but I would do a lot of stuff, but we didn't have no helmets or pads. Yeah, you get picked on. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing jumps and tricks and stuff. Anyways, yeah, be smart. Yeah, I think it's a, a matter of yeah balance and protection. But my, my going back to the whole point that, is yeah. is being able to have a strong male role model, whether it's your father or not, somebody that's in your life. Like, and if and if you see a kid or if you see somebody and they don't have that, be that, be there. And that's our whole thing with Johnny Slicks, right? Our whole yeah. tag tagline of be there. Um, yeah, can you guys that explain means. that? Because I don't know if everybody knew exactly what that meant and how you guys came to that slogan. Ooh, Johnny, you want to take that? Or you want me to take it? That was like two and a half years ago. I know. Yeah. You don't remember? It, I'll take I it. was asking the two of you to, to tell me. I said, okay, when we come up with this, I want the two of you to tell me the, thi the things that you remember the most about the oh, best qualities wow. of remember. your grandfathers or fathers yeah. or whatever, whoever was in your life. Yeah. No, I was the slogan guy. I just came up with that slogan. You can tell the story. Though. <laughs> so, I mean, she, yeah, she asked that question and then she, it really came down to, you know, when we started, I, when we started talking about some of the better parts of our lives and better, more influential parts of our lives, it was about people that were, that were there present. Your grandfather was one of them. My grandfather was one of them. And even though it was, might've been a limited amount of time, it was like they were there. And the time they were there was very influential. Yeah. So yeah. even if it's like, the, the the quality yes it was quality quality over quantity it's like yeah. when they were there they made it count yeah and they made an impact and so when we look at society as a whole we look at um how the nation's going children being raised you know men being developed this whole attack on masculinity you know we look at the whole thing we look at okay men like it's time to buck up like you need to be there yeah. And, and even if you're, even if you get divorced, like divorce happens, that's going to, that's always going to happen at some, at some level. But, you know, there was a time where like in, in my, in my time, the people got divorced and the judge was like, okay, you get a week in a month or two weekends a month year or two weeks out of the year. And that's it. And you're with your mom and the guy pays for the life. And that's it. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> He's free off. He's off, you know, you're the, the, cause moms raise kids, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what the, the view was. And then, but where did that leave the kid? But that's so toxic too. Cause why are you letting 
the judicial system, (laughs) (laughs) right? Your household. Nobody understands the game. Like nobody gets the game and like, yeah, they don't care about you. Essentially you are handing over everything. Everyone goes into this, like, I'm going to fuck him. I'm going to show him. I'm going to, it's, he's going to get it. And they like make these threats and everybody's back and forth and arguing and da da da. And then a judge goes, okay, here you go. Bye. He doesn't care. They don't care. They don't care. They don't fuck. They don't care about your kids or your kids. kids. Yeah. Okay. Okay, babe. Sorry. It's a job for them. I get it. Yeah. Breathe, breathe, babe. (laughs) Into the nose, out through the mouth. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, right? You like? Why are you handing over your kid, like the say of your kids, to a judge? And sometimes I get it that you have to. But man, they're telling you there's a better way, and you need both people. And if one parent isn't up to snuff, well, then fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like either the mom or the dad. Like if you're not being the best version of yourself, like it ain't about you. Yeah. Like you need to be there for your children because what happens is if you're not, they're going to be raped. They're going to turn into a shithead and they have to go through a hard life and figure it out on their own. And sometimes they don't, sometimes they don't figure it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's the whole thing at Johnny Slicks. Like that was the whole campaign was like, let's be there. Hey men, women be there, make it fucking count. Like, cause uh, I've never been through, through a divorce, but like I would imagine it could be quite spiteful. In some in some situations, yeah, somebody's absolutely. doing this. You want this? I want this type of thing. Yeah, but like, this is what this is. That's not fair. This is. Yeah, not, I I deserve this. Whatever. Like, like none of those okay. things are real. Okay, you you're you're breaking that commitment. Whatever. But like, there's another human species body in this situation that isn't being spoken of. That's more important than the two of you. You can't break the kid in half. Right. You can split the kid's time, but yeah. like. Let's take into account how this is going to affect the other person in this. Well, and that what that what that means thing. is becoming like you have to now you're thinking something like you're bigger than yourself. Yeah, you're bigger than your own hurts. You're bigger than your own how angry you are, whatever the whatever the situation is, whether you're hurt, angry, pissed off, whatever. Now you're stopping and you're going, OK, it doesn't really matter what happened or what the reason is, because what's the best interest of all of us as a yeah. family? Because and Finch, you know, regardless of what you think, you're still a family. How do we? How is this the best for the kids? Yeah. And how can we both continue to be very good parents to both to these kids, our kid? I just, I just think, granted, I've never been a parent or married, but I feel like the the key to it all is just working it out together. Because yeah, with some split custody situation, kids like, well, you're only here because you're in trouble if you don't. Right. So if you just figure out how to work it out whichever way is possible like i think the kid would respect you just that much more that you did it on your own and i'm gonna swallow my pride when i say this but and you know what that means like you're gonna have to give up a little bit you have to give up (laughs) oh oh, it hurts to say you're gonna have to give up a little bit of your side to maybe get what you want or get in general get what you want and what's the best interest of the kids but being not being there is not not an option. Hell no. Who that's, told you that? Yeah, that's what I understand. Why are you doing that? Yeah, exactly. That's that's not the option. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it blows my mind that any person would not fight for their kids or not want to um, compromise or work whatever out that you need to work out so that you can essentially be there because long term, that's what matters. Doesn't All this other shit doesn't matter. The money, all this other stuff. Like I know people are like, oh, but you don't understand that like, you can get screwed in money. Yeah, I get it, man. But you need to fix your relationship with money if you're really worried about that. You can make money, you can work, you can get different jobs, you can get two jobs, but at the end of the day, you have to, like, the most important thing is to be there. So that's the, that's the Johnny Slicks be there thing. 
Yeah. Which is awesome. Hashtag be there. Hashtag Johnny Slicks. Hashtag be there. Be better men. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy that we we sell grooming products to men to tell them to be better men. <laughs> yeah. Both on a health side. That's like the subliminal. You, you buy and then we retarget you with be better. Stop being bad. Yeah. But not in the Gillette way. There's some homemade. Yeah, also no hell wash, wash your ass. Also. Yeah. Wash yeah. your dirty ass, wash man. Wash your dirty ass, but not in the Gillette. We, what is that? That commercial we could do better. Yeah. Something like that. That was like really the push of that big snowball of male toxicity. Yeah. Trying to like recoup on it. We got a lot of business for that. You got a lot of it. Oh, we did. Yeah. yeah. Nice place, but yeah, you did too. <laughs> we won't talk about that. No, we don't, but yeah. Yeah. We did. Yeah. A lot of people switched switched yeah i was like i'm back I'm going back I'm going to johnny slicks for life yeah i don't know what to tell you man cultures make a difference the only thing that i, I mean that, that commercial was kind of funky but the one thing that really bothered me in that commercial was the, fight. the, the fighting was the fight yeah yes dude. man that bothered me don't let those kids tussle it out like no nah, like, no nah, nah. you're gonna talk about this in therapy like what are you stopping them fighting for man like that is yeah. <sighs> Like that, I, I saw myself there and I'm like, dude, that lesson of like standing up for yourself. Have you told that story about you in school as a kid? I don't think so. Have I talked about the, when I snapped, I was a, I was a soft little skinny. I don't think runt. so. So I'm probably, I was in Taos, New Mexico. Well, it's to first starters, you and your brother were like, wherever you went, for some reason, kids thought maybe you had money. Oh God. <laughs> Tell that part. So first of all, they've thought that since I was, I mean, we would live in the projects, in a trailer, in the ghetto for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because you're white. I don't know. They thought maybe, maybe because we were white in a, you know, a different neighborhood, but um, I don't know what it was, but we, they always thought that we were like rich kids. I'm like, bro, we ate the old school oatmeal that had to be cooked in a pot with nothing else in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't Quakers. It was like a store brand. I, it was, you had to cook it in a pot. Yeah. Now maybe we didn't have a microwave or they didn't have that at the time, but like, but I mean, I still cook oatmeal like that, you know, like in a pot. Yeah. Yeah. It comes in like a big, like cardboard yeah. tube. porridge. It was fucking porridge. And it was the most the gross <laughs> stuff. Like porridge. I, I, re- I still remember like the, the, it's like, it was like, like this chunky. Slop. Oh God. Yeah, it's it so bad. Yeah. Chunky slop. Yeah. And that's what we have. But anyways, so we didn't like my mom, like I said, my mom worked two jobs, man, that she has busted her ass. Now she's a national best, you know, selling author and her name. Her new her. book's coming out on November 17th. And, oh, yeah, that's right. And just FYI, um, she, it'll be available on Amazon. And her name is River Jordan. There you go. That's awesome. Go support, go support my mom. Hold on. I'm going to get the title of it. That's can really I, can cool. I do that? Yeah. Pet my, pet my mom out. Sugar Baby and Other Stories by River Jordan. So it's I think it's her first uh, self-published um, book. But That's she's super done, exciting. Yeah, she's done yeah. a bunch. Yeah. She says as much of sex and dirty stuff in there for people that want to be interested in that. Um, okay, well, you just got everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you said the word sex. <laughs> Anyways, so so there's this, there was this perception growing up that we had we would come from money. And I'm like, bro, like... I got porridge in an off-brand Ziploc bag right here for lunch, <laughs> yeah, right. <man. laughs> That I don't even have a spoon for. I'm going to pour it in my mouth. Anyways, um, you know, I had barefoot and had to walk, you know, up, you know, snow in both Florida. ways. Yeah. yeah. Or no, you were in New Mexico? It was in New Mexico, Taos, New Mexico. New Mexico. <laughs> so anyways, she had got some kind of, I don't even know what she was doing. There was some job out there that she got. So we moved literally from Pensacola, Florida. I, I remember waking up in our old 
like 1980 Toyota white Toyota Corolla with no AC. I like woke up in the back seat. And I'm like, what is happening? She's like, we're moving to New Mexico. I'm like, what the fuck? And I remember we it took. I felt like it took two weeks to get there. Yeah. I remember being in Texas for like a week. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'd wake up. I'm like, where are we? She's like in Texas. I'm like, how the fuck are we still in Texas? It's been days. We're still, we've been driving this whole time. Yeah, Texas? we've been driving this whole time. And anybody knows if you get, I think it was on 10. If you get on I-10 going through Texas, it is like three days of your trip is through Texas. It, well, it's it's longer than it has to be because all it is is windmills. It's just it's and it all looks the same, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember I remember losing my mind because it was like the scenery was the same. It was they just, have the, the fastest speed limit though, don't they? Uh, bro, I don't know in how the country, that Corolla like that Corolla couldn't. Oh go yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no AC either, and it was like the summertime and go driving through. Uh, I remember taking gross. my white, I had this white shirt. I remember taking it off, dipping it in the cooler because we had a cooler of like ice and stuff, dipping it in the cooler and getting it wet, and then wearing it like a like a. Habib or something or whatever it was, <laughs> putting it on my head, trying to cool off, um, sitting in the back seat with my brother. Anyway, so we moved out there. She got a job somehow. We moved out there and the kids, you know, everywhere we went, kids thought we were from money. And uh, so they would pick on us. And I didn't really, you know, I'm, dude, if you see pictures of me as a kid, I am the skinniest little, like, lanky runt you've ever seen. Yeah. And... And this, this Mexican kid just picked on me all the time. I mean, he was like, we're talking about straight up 1980s true bullying, you know? Karate kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I will never forget that this happened. And I don't know what happened. Something clicked in my brain where I was fucking fed up. I was fed up with being treated poorly and being bullied. And all I remember is somehow I snapped and I got on t- this somehow I got the got on his back. I took his back. He was laying down on the ground and we had the gravel parking lot of the school. And I had the sides of his head and I was bashing his face into the gravel. Now, that sounds really violent, but coming from like a I don't know, a sixty-five pound eight-year-old, I don't know. I don't know how hard I was actually hitting him. But his face was scraped up and stuff, and you know, that it, it uh I don't even remember anybody broke it up, but I remember we got in trouble. And then uh, our punishment was, our punishment was we had to go sit in the print, the the print, we got called to the principal's office and he, you know, it's like a, a typical principal's desk. Now keep in mind, this is before computers. So there's just a desk with like papers, papers and pens. Right. And he had two, he had two chairs, like two, like armchairs, like um, nice chairs in front of the desk. So he, the, the guy, uh, the other kid sat in one, and I sat in the other, and this guy just went back to work. Now in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck were you doing, dude? There's no computer. Like you're not checking emails. Yeah. You're like he was just rifling through papers for like three hours. <laughs> so we sat there for like three hours. And at some point we started looking at each other like, Bro, what is happening? Like, why aren't we getting yelled at? We've forgotten What's, about. Yeah, like, yeah. did he forget about us? Yeah. So eventually, it got so ridiculous that him and I started looking at each other and started like snickering, like, "What? What is happening? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. what? What is going on right now? This is so weird and awkward." Once we started doing that, he looked. He he kind of looked up from whatever he was doing, and said, "Okay, you guys can go." That was it. From that day on, that me and that dude were friends. Yeah. That's so crazy, man. 
so that just like and that like that story stuck with me nobody ever messed with me ever again like i never allowed anybody like to pick on me or yeah they me. all saw you like attempt but even like in other schools life. i mean we moved schools every six months like from then on out i was probably you know after 10 you know nine ten years old and somebody messed with me i was like i'm gonna punch you in the nose yeah like <laughs> say something yeah I mean, I was little, but I never got bullied. Yeah. But I don't think I ever would have because you had face tattoos at ten. <laughs> I, w- I want him to draw like, the, like a baby picture. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was. Um, I just got my driver's license because I was driving there, and um, so this detective who was friends with my parents uh, caught me with weed. At mm. how old? I don't know. I guess single digits, or were you a no, teen? I was like fifteen. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. Story. Yeah, I, was like, I thought you were like seven year old. Yeah, <laughs> seven year old. Like, <laughs> I was like, hit of this week. joint, bro. <laughs> I mean, it is Florida. Yeah, but he was like, he's like, hey man, you're really gonna get in trouble. I was like, yeah, probably. And he's like, all right, so my friend Corporal Counsel runs the police athletic league boxing team. <laughs> So you can do that for two weeks or we can go talk to mom and dad. I was like, mm. I was like, do that. He's like, are you sure? I was like, my dad's going to my ass anyway. I don't give a shit. So, so then I did that. And like literally from 10th grade on, I just fell in love with boxing. So I think boxing is something all like young boys need. Well, martial arts in general. Right. Yeah. Any, Muay Thai, boxing, kickboxing, yeah, jujitsu. Yeah, because yeah. it gives them a we've talked about that on the podcast before it gives them I remember hitting puberty and I don't know about you guys and I was always I would always tell Ali I'm like it's the most like granted I had a lot of things to be angry about you know abusive stepfather this and that but even outside of that I remember hitting puberty and just feeling straight rage I mean yeah untapped rage yeah what i feel what i can remember for no reason whatsoever it was just like pure adrenaline and rage yeah and there was no outlet well i also think that was probably the most humbling experience for me because i was was maybe like 15 pounds bigger than this kid but he's like hey man just go with go with reuben i was like all right cool reuben reuben whooped my fucking ass (laughs) like this dude beat my ass so bad after we were done, I like, he's like, go get a drink of water and sit down. And I like literally threw up in the parking lot. I've never got beat so bad. I threw up except that time. And then I like, how was Ruben with you afterwards? He was cool. He was, he wanted to work with me all the time. Obviously. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you suck. Yeah. yeah you need my help a lot. <laughs> but, uh, well, cause then I, I went back in and, um, I don't know if you've heard of the, the sunshine games. No, it's, it's like uh, junior Olympics in Florida. Okay. So, so he's like, hey, man, don't worry. You weren't going to win that one anyway. I was like, oh, all right. He's like, Ruben won the Sunshine Games the last three years. I was like, oh. <laughs> he's like, it's like, yeah, I just happened to put you in this, like, this max with this golden glove. With yeah, gold, golden glove boxer. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, because he didn't have any sort of, he was cool with me the entire time. Yeah. He also knew he was going to whip my ass ever since. So, yeah. but he was, it was cool and it was really fun to work with him. He was, I mean, I just got like pretty solid principles. Yeah. And did you stay with that the whole, the rest of from 15 on? Um, I would bounce back between boxing and kickboxing. And then actually while I was in, I did a few. But before you got in the rank court, did that kind of keep you out of trouble as a teenager? Um, I didn't, I didn't get in trouble a lot because I was working. 
a lot. Um, but also my brother was a massive fuck up. So I could have gotten in trouble and still would have been like under the radar. <laughs> but, but, uh, I definitely think it, it helped between working and that. And I also just, think it just it, kept you engaged. And I think it just, uh, established like a strong work ethic. Yeah. So. That was something I don't know if, and that, and that's a different, but the times, you know, we, uh, my mom lied about my age on an application with me at 11 years old. So I could go work as a, dishwasher and a busboy at all american diner in panama city Beach. Yeah, nowadays 11 year olds are too fragile to do that right like you can't get i don't think you can get a job in in uh in north carolina until you're 16 when i remember like, I, what are you doing between now and then man like just nothing but trouble i had my 14th birthday marks because that's when i could start working that was my first job i was a, a cart boy at winn dixie yeah nice so the 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 you know that point being is being and being engaged and you know having an outlet but that goes back to like you know fathers in the homes and having so, a balance so let yeah. me ask you all this then do you feel then like coming back full circle on this the marine corps sort of kind of helped you develop your manhood then gave you your man card if you weren't if you didn't feel like you maybe had it the right influences did, did it give you that i think the marine corps gives you a lot of great things I think it also gives you a lot of bad things. Um, yes, definitely. There's there's some things that you have to man up on, and you get really mentally tough. Um, what what upsets me about that though is when guys get out. Sometimes, not I'm not talking all the times. Sometimes they forget all of that like warrior manhood mentality. They turn into kind of big babies like what was me type stuff, you know? And, uh, you know, they're cutting next door, cutting metal manufacturing, manufacturing. That's American made shit happening next door. If you don't like you it, hear that. Yeah. <laughs> it's America. Um, so yeah, I think that, um, I think that there's a lot of great things that come out of the Marine Corps. There's a lot of, a lot of my success in life are tools that I learned from the Marine Corps. But you know what? There's a lot of things that I also learned. Um, like like Tom and I was talking about in the gym the other day. We're talking about I learned a lot of things what not to do. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Especially with people and leaders and things like that. It's like, well, that's not good. I'm never going to do that. Yeah. You know, because you encounter so many people. You count so, so many people. So that type of person. Yeah. It's it's you. And what people don't really realize is if you do 10 years in the Marine Corps, that's like 30 years of life. Like you really get. And, and and people that say like, oh, you're at 12 years, you could, you could, you could do eight more and do eight retire. more. It's like, you know, how Fucking long eight. eight, eight years in the military is that's a freaking lifetime. Like go stand on your head for eight years. That's what, that's what it's like. Um, anyways. So yeah, there's, there's a definitely a lot of traits and a lot of things that I've learned operational planning, you know, how to be a CEO, how to plan, how to do, you know, leadership stuff um how to teach uh you know but there's also a lot of things that you a lot of bad things you learn you learn that you're never good enough you learn you put some self-limiting belief factors in there because of this of that society and the way that you're treated as a marine um and a lot of those things you know when i when i worked with veterans and uh and even you know men in general that are coming out and they're that are veterans and, you know they're trying to 
you know, grow a business or whatever it may be. Um, you had to go through some of that too. Some of, some of those limiting belief factors early yeah. on, yeah, yeah, you know, that we had to work through. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of that's, you know, comes from the Marine Corps. It comes from like, you're just this, you're just a corporal. Well, you're I'm just not, I wasn't sergeant. told I could be more. Right. You're not allowed to be more until they say so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm waiting to be told I can be more. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and there's just this like putting you down kind of me method that, uh, that unfortunately sometimes gets carried on in life outside of the military. Yeah. It does get amplified too. When you are told that the title Marine will get you anywhere you want. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> nobody cares. That, that just kind of icing. Yeah. Yeah. Icing on top of your ego. Cause they straight up told you that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you believe like, everybody's going to want you. You're a Marine. I'm like, cool. Uh, resume. John Rushai, Marine. I demand $80,000 a year. How'd that go? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. 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 You worked at a gas station. Yeah. 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 Fuck. So I yeah. actually didn't tell the gas station I was a Marine. <laughs> that's, that's how they got you the yeah, job. That's why I got a job. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, that's they didn't know. So anyways, yeah. So I think there's a lot of good and a lot of bad, but it's all, it comes down to, you know, what you take from it. And what about you, Tom? I think you probably sort of need kind of to have already an established mindset, especially if you're going, if you're one of these guys going in right away, like I did, because yeah. like I never got bullied, but there's definitely a shit ton of negative peer pressure. Oh yeah, for sure. I tell kids all the time that, Listen, all your all your friends are going to be like getting tattoos and going to visit strippers and buying cars and drinking beer. Don't. Well, and I also think uh, that it's a there's a difference between like the operator side and the support side. The support side, I think, is worse about it because there's there's nothing going on. Right. And it, you you don't have something. Bro, I say that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have something to keep you engaged, and then the. I don't know. I guess the most common thing I encounter was horrible, unhappy marriages and drinking. Yeah. And um, I mean, I've definitely drank my fair share, but I've never been married. I never like fell into that. But I do think you need a pretty solid mindset to to keep yourself on, on the right path. Like, I don't think the Marine Corps makes you a man. I think you could do that either way but i definitely think there are certain things that will help you for a long haul like we said even if it's just learning what doesn't work yeah to apply to whatever sort of like arena you're interested in but that's just yeah i could see that yeah i say all the time like marines are pit bulls and if you put them in a cage like what's the What's the point of this? Like, yeah. Let him out. Well, you learn, real like, bad dog. Like our last podcast, <laughs> yeah. like don't be the gunny at the window. And if you want to yeah. hear that story, go back to Johnny's podcast. Yeah. It's a great story. It was, I mean, I still think about that. Moment. So do I. Yeah. I'm but like, those, that's I'm like, am I being a gunny at the window? Yeah. Cause that's I don't want to be that too. Guy. Like I didn't want to be that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be any part of the situation. Uh, that's, I would label as a problem. I don't want to be a part of that. So all of those traits, I'm going to go and take them out of my mind and not do them. So yeah, I, I agree with the mindset. You need a strong mindset to be able to pick and choose what traits you want, how you want to do it and like how you want to apply them to influence other people as well. Cause I mean, nothing makes you a man. You make yourself that, but you have yeah. to pick and pick and choose what traits and characteristics and cultures you agree with that make you want to be the person you are the better version of yourself. Yeah. And if you look outwards for like, Oh, I'm going to join the Marine Corps 
and I'm going to become a man. Like now you're relying on something outside of yourself, which you have no control over at all. What unit you go with, who you're going to go with, you have no control of that. But if you look inside and like apply those characters and traits and leaderships and whatever you encounter, pick and choose which ones you want. That's, that's how you become a full person and a, and a man. I think the ones that look outward are the guys that retire. And then you just hear them talking about how there's some retired sergeant major but they're in the bar every night bro you ever see those trucks that are like wrapped <laughs> and it's like korean vet iraq vet. Oof. it's like ribbons all over you say it all the time how can a car earn a ribbon that's crazy man <laughs> like, this car got a car it's a real good car part of, part of their identity man it's yeah part of their identity yeah which yeah. i get too but it, uh, like pick and choose your traits this isn't over yet yeah like it's not over. You know, your life, your, that's years. what's crazy is uh, when you finally get out, your life is really just beginning. It's yeah. That's really, when yeah. You, especially if you got in at 17, 18 years old. Yeah. You know, your life really just begins when you get out. Start, it, it, start to live. And it could be four years yeah. or it could be 20 or 30 years, but your life really begins one on the outside. Yeah. Cause after that document signed, like yeah. you, you trained your replacement. Yeah. Like the DOD don't care about you no more. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Anyways, have fun. So I don't know. Is that long, long winded answer your question, Ben? Yeah. I just, you know, I, as an outsider, I want to know if, if going in without maybe the best positive influence of a father, if you felt like it helped you to grow. I'd say this, it gives you opportunities to grow. It gives you opportunities to be successful. Now, whether, you know, a lot of people get in there and they they squander those opportunities, but there is an opportunity, especially if you come from nothing, right? If you come from nothing, you're poor, Fucking you know, oatmeal. Yeah. Oatmeal and squish <laughs> mustard sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, well, the exactly. Marine Corps puts you in like very like specific types of opportunities. Yeah. And then it gives you traits so, that teach you how to. So like, I don't know. I, you know, I think with me, I probably would have been successful no matter what, just because of, you know, who I am and my work ethic and, you know, and just that never quit. Yeah. The never quit mentality. And, um, but you know what? I like myself, you know, and like yeah. by, by, by doing what I did, doesn't necessarily make you a man because you hear that all the time. Like, oh, you're going to join the military. It's going to make you a man. Nah. What's your depends on your definition of what a man is. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Nothing you, can make you anything. Will it make you, you grow up in some areas? Yeah. yeah will absolutely. it make you be a child in some areas? Yeah. You know, so it, it really is on the individual to to take that opportunity. And I can tell those kids, I'm like, listen, all your kids at ITB and everything that you're doing, they're going to go out and get Marine Corps tattoos, spend their money on bullshit, you know, and, you know, getting booze and drinking in the barracks. Yeah. I was like, you know what you should do? Finish up your training, go eat and go to the fucking gym. Yeah. Go read a book. Like go invest in yourself because you're so young. This is the opportunity now to invest in yourself because if you do that now, you're going to be so farther ahead of those guys when yeah. the time comes. It's avoiding that peer pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And you do that by. And what are you going to do? Like, what are you, like you're, you're in the Marine Corps now. You're not in high school. They say, oh, you're a pussy. You're doing like, <laughs> don't go to medical. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Where did that start from? Well, <laughs> I'm sure we, that might have helped, you know, came from our community. Thanks. Because we're <laughs> 12 years. They're like, nah, nothing's wrong. <laughs> like, think you're missing parts of your body My everything is okay off it's not working <laughs> like dan knew dan knew's yeah pinky was like completely broken yeah. for i don't know like 10 years or something yeah. it's it's this it's it started. wasn't straight it wasn't straight it was like this <laughs> that's hilarious it was it was like bent like this 
Sorry, guys. God, we got that Bluetooth connected. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Is that the call we've been waiting for? No, it's oh. not. But why do you have the, the volume sorry, up? I thought oh, we were dude, going live. That's a perfect opportunity to answer it and be like, welcome to the Harbor site. How can we help you? <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. That would have been funny. So on this, on the speaking of the call, he can't. He's with uh, he's with students right now, um, the active duty Marine. But he says, yes, you can drink. You can drink at balls. Uh, matter of fact, they just had a Heritage Hall drinking beer. They were drinking beer before finishing up the day in the heritage hall cool um and but then he did say our ball was canceled so so it's definitely based on specific units i okay. do that unit units. has been like they've been shitheads all day you on know the blotter or all well, that's yeah. wild. Do, you, do you know what unit he's with i don't you don't know i don't Anyways. know if i should even say but yeah. that doesn't matter yeah um i'm sure people know yeah but anyway marine corps somebody got in trouble somewhere and you're not allowed to bro Team punishment for one fucking guy, man. Yeah. The guy that rolled up in the velvet uh, yeah. drapes. In the drapes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope those guys are doing really well, even though I took an hour of thrashing for them. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they're doing, hopefully they're breathing and doing very They're probably very like, successful. yeah, Nick, you took that for me. <laughs> Better no. yet, if you're listening to the podcast no. now. <laughs> no, they're probably like, not at all. Stop they're probably laughing. It. Yeah. They're like, ha dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's okay though. It's all, but I, that's, I love that lesson because you know it just shows you like, listen. Sometimes you got to keep your mouth shut, take your licks, and, uh, and yeah, be because you're for looking it. at. I talked about this the other day. Not going off too much on a tangent, but like, I think we confuse highs and lows in our life in everyday situations. Where if you if you take a linear time of life, right, mm-hmm. like time is linear, and if you picture high points in your life, like graduating high school, uh, getting married, having a baby, you know, all these things yeah. are high points, and you look at low points like. I had to sell plasma and almost fell bankruptcy. Um, I got shot, whatever, like all these things. Yeah. What What is the point of life? Like you have to ask the purpose. So what is the purpose of, you know, life is yeah. to learn and to grow. Yeah. You don't grow the most during high points. You grow no. the most during low points. Right. And if the purpose and point of life is to grow, wouldn't those low points be called high well, that points? That just goes, yeah, it just goes into failure. Like the more you right. fail, the more, be, more yeah. you become successful. So if we start looking at low points, like you taking a licking, if yeah. you look at that as a low point in your life and like, oh, woe is me. Oh, I got to do this. I feel bad for me. Like you're not going to grow because you're yeah. looking at that opportunity as something that's a failure. Yeah. That you're not growing from. It's just like, oh, this sucks. I hate this. This life sucks. Woe yeah. is me. But like, if you look at it as a high point, like all of a sudden you're, you're pulling like these little fruit lessons from everything that happened. Yeah. So take your lickings, right? That's right. Take your lickings. Higher thoughts with Johnny. Sorry. <laughs> We're not high. We're not high. No, but I, I know he thought of that when he was, because that, that, was, that was one of his high thoughts. I have thoughts. a diagram. I can bring it in. <laughs> I drew pictures. I know, but it's just like you get deeper when you're high. I mean, not that you're allegedly high, but like. No, I just, I think about like things with uh, like our society, like people are so upset and broken and like sad all the time. And I'm like, why? Why? Because they choose to. You're choosing to. You're choosing to. But like, where did we learn this? Like who told, like people are like, oh, the media told me this. Like who, who in the media told, who told you this? Why do you, why do you picture low points in your life as like the worst parts? I never want to go back to those moments. If I could, I would love to go back to where I was donating plasma to like try to really specifically identify points that I can grow from. Take, take more photos that I can rely back on, you know, right. That's what he always says. I wish I would have taken a photo of this or had video of this. We all have photos of like high points in our life, but we don't look back on them when we're having, like trying to grow. We're like, ah, but yeah, Yeah. like we need those points too. So it's like a balance going back and forth. Yeah. Take your lookings. 
super significant. This is we had a guy. We, 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 yeah, we <laughs> we had a guy uh, in Rip who stole a Domino's delivery car <laughs> and then wrecked it into the back gate. Why? I have no. We don't know. Marines doing marine. He was, he was. He was. He was in Rip, and then the next day we were like, we found out. He far, of course, we found out what happened. He got dropped. Oh man. Yeah. So he well, obviously he was, yeah. he was done. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he got dropped. I don't even know what happened to him. And then, uh, and then we had to do two thousand eight counts. And he wasn't there. No. That, that was the bottom, man. <laughs> Jeez. Well, it's your fault though. You guys didn't hold him accountable. Exactly. Yeah. We are our brother's keeper, right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what they said. Of course. Yeah. Your teammate. You're. You're everything. You fail and do. Blah blah blah. With your team. Hey, this is also true. Yeah. You know. But yeah. I'm like. Where is he? Is he do, what is he? What's what's oh, happening? They did that in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. When he's eating, what did he have? Like a donut or something? Oh, he was eating a donut. And yeah. Then, and they were uh, all doing Yeah. And he was, they were all getting thrashed. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. I mean, that story didn't work out too great, but the, <laughs> the principle is still there. It's just a like, movie, Johnny. Yeah, it's I know, okay. I know, I know, I know. He still got the donut. <laughs> he did get the donut. You're right. You know what? He became like the, the actual big actor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. What's his name? He's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's phenomenal, man. Yeah. Was, what a great, great uh, actor. Anyways. Yeah. Um, donut eater. All right. I do have there. one last question for you guys. All each right, to cool. Tell, each to tell us because it, it'll give everybody something to do for their weekend. Each of you got to tell me your favorite military film. Any Ooh. era. Any period. It doesn't have to do with the doesn't military. Have to be a film. Can it be like a, a series? Yep, series or because the Pacific movie. is by by my favorite by any means. That's a great. That's a great one. I love like John Bassalone. I love like all of that era. So the Pacific was he in that? Yeah, I they, believe his character was his like character was in it? part of it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you're you're saying the Pacific? Yeah. Okay. Do you want do you want me to go? You want to think about it some more? Yeah, you go. So can I do like two? Do two and tell why. All right, so the one is going to be the first one is going to be the Patriot. Um, I like to think so. If you guys read about kind of the a little bit of the the story of the Marine Corps in in the Revolutionary War, and I'm sure some historians gonna be like, "You're fucked up," but this is this is the way I look at it. Leave it in the comments. Let yeah, us know. Let us know. I don't we care. care. I don't care. Yeah, we I, don't care. I don't care. You can say whatever you want to say. But the way that I looked at it was the Patriot, you know, they were, they, they stood up their army, right? And they were fighting the British. And then, um, what was his name? Uh, Mel Gibson's character did not want to be involved in the war. Of course, then they killed his kids and he was like, all right, now we're going to go savage. Yeah. So he created a unit, right? He created this like this uh, asymmetrical unit that they were like, instead of like, he was like, why are we fighting from like front lines? Like we're never going to beat the British. Like it's based on numbers to toe to toe. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like we're never going to beat the British army with a bunch of like farmers and people lining up on the field. Like it's the stupidest thing. So what did he do was he started doing like um, ambushes and like, like hunting, you know, being more strategic and, and, and fighting more asymmetrically and being anyways. So I always looked at that, like, you know, based off of what we know from some history and then, and then looking at that, I'm like, well, that was the Marine Corps. They created this like special operations of the military unit to do these like ambushes and things. So I'm like, Oh, this is like the first generation. This is like the first adoption of the Marine Corps. And if you remember in the movie, they like went to this bar and they had this whole talk. You remember? Yeah. And he was, and he was like, you know, 
He's like, yeah, looking, I could one hundred percent see that. Like I'm, a small group of actual warriors. Yeah, there, he was like, I need, I need badass people that can chop people up with axes. Yeah, who's in for that? We're yeah. probably gonna all die. Anybody down for some glory? Yeah, yeah, okay, freedom. yeah, <laughs> for some freedom. Anyway, so I saw that and I was like, that's so to me that is like that. It, you know, to me in my mind, I'm like that's the best birth, like pictorial, origin story. Yeah, yeah, pic, like picture or movie depiction of the marine corps being yeah, created i have to watch it again and think about that um then the second one was going to be it's kind of a little bit more cheesier but it's based off of my own thing is um what was the movie 12 strong yeah with uh emsworth chris emsworth with thor yeah yeah um and the reason why that one is because the character development not the character development but the way they portrayed the team working with the locals to you know to fight the taliban and the like you know the whole horse soldier thing yeah um that story was you know we did that initially you know with the the agency the northern alliance and sf um and then we did the stupid thing for like 10 years and then we went back to that (laughs) well i was able to do that i didn't have horses we talked about horses during the winter but uh logistically it was a it was too much of a of a pain um but we were on motorcycles so we did the exact same thing but motorcycles but man when i watched that movie their interactions with the tribal like the leadership of that the northern alliance the the leadership of those tribes the way they look at americans and the you know they're like they like you've been fighting for like or if it's your first deployment they're like you've never even fought i've been fighting since i was seven years old yeah like you're not even a real man you know so the 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 dynamic between that was so on point i think they did such a great job so that's that's gonna be my i'm sure there's a whole by your eyes yeah yeah i could tell about oh, a little the chris Hemsworth. yeah he's like you're a baby you're a baby um but that i would say that out off the cuff those are going to be my two i'm sure there's tons of more movies that are my favorite but those are two off the cuff tom i'm not sure if mine counts but um i was gonna say braveheart just does that count yeah, any part? any era, any another time, Mel Gibson any... movie. Well, because it, it, it literally goes right along with the Patriot because it's fighting for all, freedom. All the Highlanders, like the Highlanders, just wanted what was theirs. Yeah, and you know, like I know, there's all sorts of like character flaws and people and men and whatnot, but like deep down, you know what is right. Yeah, and then even if you're not the one spearheading the whole operation if if you know somebody's right and you stand next to them like regardless of the cost i think that's a strong message yeah yeah that's really good yeah that's kind of like what's happening right now with our country yeah it's just become and i don't know about that time because obviously i wasn't there but yeah like the more drastic things come become the more like shaken and separated the sediments become yeah like things become very clear yeah in the fog of everything going on things actually are actually becoming more clear yeah and you stand by people you agree with yeah in those low points and that's what in i always say points. i said yeah and i said is if as long as someone threatens freedom there will all be always always be a group of men to stand and fight for freedom yeah and we've seen this in, t- in not just america's history we've seen this for since men existed there will be somebody trying to be a tyrant and there will be a group of individuals that go, nah, man. Yeah. I always worry about that. Freedom. I'm like what back before Kings people, like King, the hierarchy of Kingsmanship, what was like people lived in tribes, right? There had to be one guy who was like, Hey, I want more control over you guys. Yeah. No. 
all right, I'm going to call myself king. And you all are going to be my peasants. <laughs> and nobody fought against that. How did this keep going? So a lot of those, a lot of the, especially like the the uh, Icelandic or you know the Norwegian or Viking tribes, they had a rule to where if you threatened, what is it called? Is it an earl? Yeah. If you th- like a warrior culture, you threatened him in battle and you killed him, you took his spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people were like you had to be. It wasn't just like a yeah a vote. Yeah. No. no empty threats. No. no. It was like, I'm the baddest motherfucker here. Yeah. Challenge me. And people would get challenged. Yeah. You know, but then they would. And killed. And killed. And that's deserved. There you, you go. You stand in that power. And yeah, you want power. You need to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's anyways. when they started stand, sitting with their backs against the wall, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> right. <trust everybody>. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So as long as there's as long as there's evil out there, there will be a there will be a group of men to stand and fight for good. And a for small percentage. Very oh. small percentage. That's all you need. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Yeah. All right, guys. Happy 246th birthday. Yeah. Cheers. Happy birthday, Marine Simplify. Yeah. Kill. Do or die. Don't kill anybody. Kill. Don't don't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Don't, don't please don't please don't do that all right guys this is 2000 uh, episode 008 eight episode 008 a hey, screenshot this this is a little bit different one we're just having some conversations hanging out with friends go buy johnny slicks and there's a code called harbor site you can go get yourself some um some products some products save some money and uh new sites launching pretty soon go check out core medical group if your testosterone is low and you're feeling like a little bitch then uh go get your blood no it's all seriousness please get your blood tested and and bear performance nutrition 20 percent off for black friday uh 12th through the 15th the only sale of the year november 12th through the 15th 20 percent off i think it's already already there so we'll see you guys in the next episode